Wilson warming up right below us for the New York Yankees. Tommy John is out in the bullpen completing his warm-up for the Chicago White Sox. Yankees and the White Sox have met twice this year. The last two days, the Yankees have won them both. Right now, we're ready for the starting lineups, and here is Frank Messer. Okay, Bob Demir, thank you very much. And here's the way the White Sox will go to bat. Walter Williams will lead things off and play right field. Williams hitting 265. Luis Aparicio will be a shortstop, batting 337. In left field and hitting third, Carlos May, batting 305. Bill Melton hits in the number four spot at third base, hitting 286. Dwayne Josephson will do the catching, Josephson hitting 312. Don McCraw at first base, batting 298. At second base, Bobby Knopf hitting 205. The number eight hitter is Ken Berry in center field, batting 250. And the pitcher, left-hander Tommy John. For the New York Yankees, leading off and playing second base, Horace Clark, Clark hitting 266. Bobby Mercer in center field, batting 254. Roy White will be in left field and hit third, batting 333. At first base, Danny Cater hitting 305. Thurman Munson will bat fifth. Munson is hitting 248. Ron Wood will be in the number six spot in the batting order. Ron Wood playing right field, batting sixth. And Wood has a batting average of 259. Gene Michael will be at shortstop and hit seventh. Michael hitting 232. At third base, Jerry Kenny batting 207. And the pitcher, Fritz Peterson, and Peterson himself carries a batting average of 281. Up 32 times, he has nine base hits, including two home runs and six runs batted in. Ralph House not able to go to uh, his predominant right-hand hitting lineup in this ball game today against the Southpaw Tommy John because of the absence of young first baseman John Ellis due to his uh, military commitment. So Jerry Kenny will be at third base and Danny Cater at first. As Yankee fans uh, know, for the past uh, quite a few ball games, when a left-hander started against the Yankees, Cater has moved to third with Ellis coming in at first base. Right now in New York Yankee baseball, we will pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. The Yankees have won five games in a row, their longest winning streak of the year. They won five straight ones before this year, uh, April 30th through May 3rd. Since April 25th, the Yankees have won 25 and lost only 12 to move within four and a half games of the league-leading Baltimore Orioles. The Yankees picked up a full game on Baltimore yesterday. Yankees defeating Chicago 3-1 and Baltimore losing to the Milwaukee Brewers by a score of 6-4. Young Danny Walton hit his 12th home run of the year to provide the margin of victory for Milwaukee and Gene Brabender, and they beat the Oriole ace right-hander Jim Palmer in the process. So Baltimore with 35-18 and 18 leading the American League East, the Yankees eight games over the 500 mark, 31 wins, 23 losses, four and a half games behind Baltimore. The Detroit Tigers defeated Oakland 6-4 yesterday. The Tigers are in third place, trailing the Yankees by four and a half. The Boston Red Sox uh, beginning to push out, even though they were rained out yesterday. The Red Sox are just a half game behind Detroit. Washington a half game behind Boston in fifth place. And the Cleveland Indians 13 games behind Baltimore and three games out of fifth. In the American League West, the leader Minnesota Twins. Minnesota defeated Washington 4-2 yesterday. 
California's Angels are in second place, two games behind Minnesota. California keeps winning, but so do uh, the Minnesota Twins. California skated Cleveland two to one yesterday. In third place, the Oakland Athletics, seven games up. Kansas City in fourth place, 14 and a half behind. The Chicago White Sox in fifth place, 19 wins, 33 losses, 15 and a half out. And Milwaukee, 18 and a half out. So once again, yesterday's scores, Yankees three, Chicago one, Milwaukee six, Baltimore four, Detroit six, Oakland four, California two, Cleveland one, Minnesota four, Washington two, and Kansas City at Boston rained out. One game underway in the American League already this afternoon down in the nation's capital. The Minnesota Twins lead Washington three to nothing at the end of one inning. In the National League, one game has started, and that is Los Angeles to Pittsburgh. They are scoreless at the end of one. In the National League yesterday and last night, Cincinnati defeated the New York Mets five to one. It was the Mets' fourth straight loss. San Francisco five and Chicago three. A 12-inning ball game. Pittsburgh shaded Los Angeles seven to six. It was Montreal 12, Atlanta 4, Philadelphia 7, Houston 4, and San Diego over St. Louis by a score of 5 to 4. In the National League East, the Chicago Cubs are in first place. The New York Mets and the Pittsburgh Pirates in a tie for second, four games out. St. Louis 4.5 out, Philadelphia 6.5 out, and Montreal 10.5 out. The Cincinnati Reds have a commanding lead in the American League in the National League Western Division. Cincinnati leads the second place Atlanta Braves by eight ball games. The Los Angeles Dodgers in third place, eight and a half out. Houston is fourth, 14 and a half out. San Francisco is fifth, and San Diego is sixth. Actually, there's a, well, Cincinnati a commanding lead over Atlanta and Los Angeles, who are battling for second place, and the other three clubs bunch very close together, Houston, San Francisco, and San Diego. And now the New York Yankees take the field. The umpires for this afternoon's game at home plate George Maloney, at first base Jim Hunnicek, at second base Frank Umont, and at third base Jake O'Donnell. Rick Peterson to make his 13th start of the season and off to his best start ever in the Major League. Peterson walks to the mound, picks up the baseball, begins running on it. And now the large crowd here at Yankee Stadium will rise, the kids will uh, sort of lay the bats aside for just a moment. And as the crowd here joins with Robert Merrill, won't you join in as we all sing our national anthem.
slipped up a little bit on his forecast for today, but we certainly cannot fault him because it is not raining and there is no threat of rain, even though there is a rather high overcast. The sun has been trying to burn through all day long and may do so before the afternoon is over. No threat of rain at 67 degrees, about 15 degrees more than had been predicted yesterday. And as I said, we won't fault him because uh, this is some of the, one of the better days we've had all year. First base coach Luke Appling of the Chicago White Sox goes down to his uh, station, immediately walks over to the stands as he did Friday night to shake hands with Mr. James Farley. On the third base coaching line, it will Billy be Billy Adair. Rich Peterson, as I mentioned, off to his uh, best start ever. Peterson's eight wins are topped in the American League by only one man, Dave McNally of Baltimore, who has won nine games and lost three. Fritz has won his last seven decisions, and the Yankees have won the last eight games in which he was the starting pitcher. Peterson has not walked a man in his last 16 innings pitch, the last walk he allowed being on May 22nd, that going to Roy Foster at Cleveland. Yankee pitching has allowed only two earned runs in the last 35 innings, and only four walks in the last 50. And if you believe in superstitions or the law of averages, this should be the White Sox day, because in their last three road series, they have lost the first two games of the series, but one on getaway day. It happened at Kansas City, at Boston, and at Washington. So we'll see what happens right now as Walter Williams, the right fielder, is ready to step in against southpaw Fritz Peterson and ready to step in and tell you all about it, ladies and gentlemen. Here is Bob Gamere. Bob? Thank you, Frank. Professor. Good afternoon, everyone. Fritz Peterson on the mound for the New York Yankees. The winningest pitcher in New York with a record of eight wins and two losses. And Walt Nonek Williams is in the batter's box. The first pitch in there for the call strike, and the game is on. Peterson caught the outside corner, and the snowballs at one strike. The Yankees have won five in a row. Peterson winds, kicks, delivers, curve a little bit low. One ball and one strike. This program authorized under rights granted by the Yankees solely for the entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of the game without the express consent of the Yankees prohibited. The pitch is swung on and fouled back. Hits the upper deck facade, bounds back down on the screen. One ball and two strikes. Yankees once before this season won five in a row. Yankees lost six out of their first eight games this season, but they've come back from last place to second, four and a half games off the top. No neck Williams with a batting average of 265. Chris Peterson into the windup. In comes the pitch. Third ball hit on the ground after shortstop. Gene Michael with short hop. The throw to first. Got him, and there's one out. So Chris Peterson gets the first out of the ball game, and that'll bring up Luis Aparicio. Aparicio, 337 for the veteran shortstop. Chris Peterson, uh, no strangers to large crowds. The first time he pitched in the big leagues, there were over 40,000 fans down in Baltimore. His first starting assignment was on an opening day down in Baltimore. Peterson, Aparicio, line drive hit out over second base in the right center field at the base hit. Mercer and Woods go for it. Woods gets it on the first hop, throws in the horror spark, and it's a single to right center for Luis Aparicio. And Aparicio continues his outstanding hitting. That'll put him above the 340 mark. Here's Carlos May with a batting average of 305. Aparicio on first with two stolen bases this year. Carlos May, a left-handed batter. The Yankees play him the pull the ball, and the White Sox tell me that the Yankees are the only team in the league to play him the pull the ball. Here's the pitch, swinging a bounding ball in the hope it's third and short. Michael over to get it. Throws to second in time to get Aparicio. Nice play by Gene Michael. 
May was trying to go to left field with it, but Michael cut it down and cut off Aparicio at second. Two outs for the White Sox, and here's their cleanup hitter, Bill Melton. Melton with a batting average of 286. Fritz Peterson is 1-8, lost two. He has pitched one complete game and came within an out of pitching one earlier this week. The pitch to Melton, swing and a drive, hit out the right center field. Woods coming on, he's there, and he makes the catch, and the side retired. That ball actually more in right field and right center. Ron Woods made the catch, and the side retired. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left. The end of the half inning, the White Sox, nothing, and the Yankees coming up. When you drive into a Dunkin' Donut shop, you're sure of finding three things. First, the freshest donuts in town, because we make them fresh every four hours. You'll find the cleanest place in town, because that's how it is. And you'll find something special, too. The special now is two free jelly donuts with each dozen you buy. So come on in to your participating Dunkin' Donut shop. Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Well, we'll look, uh, take a look now at the tall, slender left-hander, Tommy John, who is a better pitcher than his four wins and eight losses would indicate. John is making his 14th start of the year. He has pitched three complete ball games. In 91 innings, he has allowed 84 base hits, walked 40, struck out 46, and pitches to an earned run average of 3.58. John, his last time out in Washington, gave up five runs and seven hits in seven innings and lost the ball game five to four. His last win was a complete game victory over California in Chicago on May 20th, a three to two victory. That incidentally was the last complete game turned in by a White Sox pitcher. Tommy John lost his first five starts all in April, then turned around to win four of his next five decisions. But uh, since he subdued the Angels in Chicago May 20th, John has dropped decisions to both the Oakland Athletics and the Washington Senators. John made just one start against the Yankees last year. It was here in Yankee Stadium. He was not the pitcher of record. He has a lifetime record of six wins and nine losses against the New York Yankees. Lars Clark is ready to move in against him. And here we go to the bottom half of the first. All right, Frank, Lars Clark steps in. The wind-up by John, the left-hander delivers. Clark takes low and outside for ball one. Big crowd, of course, always inspires the ball players. Give out a little bit extra, and we've got the crowd tonight. The wind-up and the pitch, fastball on the outside corner. It's one and one. The game is being played with the lights on, although it is considerably brighter than it uh, was the last couple of days. Here's the one-one pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Put down the right field line. First base McCoy going back, but it's in the seat. About seven rows back in the seats down the line, and it's one ball and two strikes. Hope to have some big crowds Tuesday night and Wednesday night as the Yankees take on the Minnesota Twins. Armin Killebrew, Cesar Tobar, Rich Reese has been banging the ball, Tony Oliva. Good advance sale for both those ball games, but always plenty of room at the stadium. Here's the pick. Low in the dirt, it's ball two, two balls and two strikes. 
tell you one thing, they're going to come close to filling it today. Two and two the count. The windup, the pitch the clock, swinging a bounding ball, foul outside of third. Dick Hauser, Yankees super coach at third base, throws it back in, and the count holds it two and two. Elston Howard, Lake Spread in the first base coaching box. Elston happy with his performance in the computerized game yesterday. Here's the pitch. Low ball three, and it's a full count on Horace Clark. Horace brings a 266 batting average up to home plate. Three balls and two strikes. The wind up. The pitch. Swinging a bounty ball in the hole between third and short. Cut off by Melton at third. The throw to first. In time, and there's one out. Nice play by Bill Melton at third, who plans to his left to come up with it. That's one out, and it'll bring up Bobby Mercer, the Yankees center fielder. Mercer with a batting average of 254. Bottom half of the first inning, no score. White Sox had one base hit in the top half of the first. Lifetime against the Yankees, Tommy John has a record of 6-9. and nine. The windup, lefty to lefty, curve, low and outside for ball one. One ball and no strike. This is the first time this year we have seen this particular Yankee lineup. Roy White has been moved up third. Danny Cater in the cleanup spot. And Jerry Kenny stays in against the left-handed pitcher. One ball and no strike. John Ellis away on reserve duty today. Tommy John into the windup. In comes the pitch. It's low for ball two. Two balls and no strike. Bobby Mercer from Oakland, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. 254 average, eight home runs. The windup. Here it comes. There it goes. Ground ball in the hole between first and second. McCraw cuts it off. Throws back to John in time, and there are two outs. Nice play by Tom McCraw at first base. So we've seen two fine plays by the cornermen. Melton at third and McCraw at first. Two outs and Roy White. Roy White, right-handed batter, with a batting average of 333, 40 RBIs, and eight home runs. White wearing contact lenses for the first time this season. That is to say, this is his first season with having them. Curveball hit foul right behind home plate, strike one. Wayne Josephson got the ball in the first half. The catcher, Josephson's the catcher, McCraw the first baseman. Canal at second, Aparicio at short, Melton at third. May, Berry, and Williams in the outfield left to right. The windup, John Pitch, low curve inside, and it's one and one. All the seats in the grandstand, all those seats have been sold. They're filling standing room. There's still a little room out in the left field bleachers. One ball, one strike. The windup, the pitch, curve ball, bounce back to the mound. A comeback ball. John has it. Turns, throws to first in time, and the side's retired. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. The end of one, the White Sox nothing, and the Yankees nothing. Maybe you don't want to give away your age, but uh, you can probably remember the days when you phoned the grocery store with your food list and they delivered, when bicycles were bought all assembled, when doctors made house calls. <laughs> Sound good? Well, every time you get a yearning for old-fashioned service again, drive to your nearest Atlantic station and buy gasoline. Then watch them go to work with all their great little extras. You know, like cleaning the windshield, checking the oil level, the radiator, the battery, all free services. And you'll enjoy the way they look out for your well-being in other ways, too. If replacements are required, the Atlantic men do it with top-flight replacement brands. And it's all done effortlessly and in good spirits. 
Now, please understand, this isn't a knock at modern self-service, but you have to admit, you'll enjoy a little old-fashioned Atlantic pampering, too. Well, this is the day for the young Yankee fans. Bat day here at Yankee Stadium. And uh, Tuesday and Wednesday nights, well, they'll sort of be Dad's nights here at Yankee Stadium. Time to get out with the gang, Dad. Two night games starting at 8 o'clock each night. And on Tuesday night against the Minnesota Twins, you'll see Stan Bonson go for the Yankees. Mel Stottlemyre will be on the hill on Wednesday night. And those two games wind up the current Yankee homestand. It'll be then on the road for the Yankees. Moving out to Kansas City, Chicago, and up to Boston before coming home later on in the month. Lane Josephson, the catcher, to face Fritz Peterson. Josephson with a batting average of 3-12. Fritz into the windup, the pitch curveball. Rock foul, Thursday side into the stand. No balls in one strike. Fellow with a glove just missed that one. The guy next to him came up with the baseball. No balls in one strike. The Minnesota Twins will be in Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And what a series were the Yankees and the Minnesota Twins out in Wilmington last weekend. The 0-1 windup, the pitch. Josephson swings and hits a drive to center field. Bobby Mercer goes back. Now he comes in. And Bobby makes the catch for the first out in the second inning. Josephson flies out to Bobby Mercer. There's one out. No score in the ball game. And Tommy McCraw, the first baseman, comes up. McCraw with a batting average of 298. 10 RBIs and one home run. McCraw, a good man to keep off the bases because he's stolen seven so far this year. Lifetime against the White Sox. Peterson is eight and four. Lefty delivers to lefty. Curve inside, ball one. Gave him the sidearm curveball. One ball and no strike. Ron Woods deep in right field. Bobby Mercer shallow and shaded towards right. Roy White straight away and left. The windup. The 1-0 pitch. Sidearm, fastball, swung on and fouled. Off the chest detector of umpire George Maloney and the count's even at one and one. Minnesota leads Washington, 3 to nothing after 2. Boston leads Kansas City, 3 to nothing after 1. The only action in the American League underway so far. National League, 2 innings, Los Angeles and Pittsburgh, no score. One ball, one strike, one out, no score, top of the second. Peterson on the mound, McCraw the batter. Chokes up about 4 inches on the bat. Here's the windup, the pitch. Just missed with the curveball. A little bit low, and it's two balls and one strike. Peterson working very carefully to McCraw. The windup and the pitch. Fastball popped in the air, foul, third base side, into the upper deck. Actually, Chris works carefully to just about everyone. He does not have the overpowering fastball of a Tom Seaver. But he relies on finesse for the most part. He has a good live fastball, good curveball. And he pitches the spot. Excellent control. Two and two the count. The windup, the pitch, curveball popped in the air to second base. Horace Clark shielding his eyes with the glove. He makes the catch, and there are two outs. McCroy just barely got a piece of that ball, and a little pop fly. Two up, two down in the second. It'll bring up second baseman Bobby Knopp. Knopp batting 205. No score on the ball game, top of the second. We've only had one base runner, and that was Luis Aparicio with a base hit. Canop a right-handed batter. He takes serve on the inside corner for strike one. Tuesday night, Stan Bonson and Jim Cott. And Wednesday night, Mel Stottlemyre and Bird 5-11. No balls and one strike. 
uh, Peterson delivers. Check swing inside. One ball and one strike. Knopf started to go for it, and then he held off. One and one the count. There's no hitter's background today. They've taken up the hitter's background in center field because of the huge crowd. Here's the pitch. Fastball, a swing, and a foul ball back. And it hit one of the TV monitors over in the Chicago side. See Jack Grease over there and Bob Rush, Billy Pierce. Bounce back onto the screen. One ball and two strikes. Two out. Fritz Peterson wine delivers fastball into the air foul again into the press box. Well, just missed the fan of the mezzanine leaned over and caught it. Took it right away from the photographer. One ball and two strikes. No score on the ball game. Top of the second inning. Near capacity crowd here at the stadium. The lineup, the pitch, curve high, two and two. Two balls, two strikes, and two outs. Bobby Knopf, the number seven man in the batting order up there. Former California Angel. Ken Berry on deck. The pitch by Peterson. Swing and a comeback into the mound. Peterson off the mound. Up with it. Throws the first in time. And the side's retired. No run. No hit. No errors. Nobody left on. The under one and a half. The White Sox nothing. The Yankees nothing. Brazilian Tauders in celebration of the Brazilian Tau sale at your Atlantic service stations. Import a Brazilian bottles in an elegant jacquard wheat for only a dollar twenty-nine. <laughs> oh, and the beast for only two ninety-nine. And get this amigo, when you buy the Batman for only two forty-nine, you get a hand towel free. Ay, ay, ay. Each towel comes in avocado or gold. You can get one with every purchase of gasoline at a participating Atlantic station. Pretty soon, you'll have enough for your own Brazilian towel dance. Oh, you don't know how? It's simple. You dance to the rhythm of drying your back with a towel. No purchase required in New Jersey. At the Atlantic station. Mel Stottlemyre was 23 years old when he first came up to the Yankees in 1964, and he's gone on to become one of the outstanding right-hand pitchers in the American League. On uh, Wednesday night, Mel Stottlemyre will be starting for the Yankees against a youngster who, uh, well, has about five years on him, Bert Blylevin, 19-year-old uh, pitcher that was called up just about a week ago by the Minnesota Twins, got his first start against Washington recently, and won the ball game. So it should be... Uh, Quite a game. The youngster Bly Levin and his second major league start against the veteran right-hander Mel Stottlemyre here Wednesday night. As Bob Gamere told you, the uh, left-hander Jim Cott will go against Stan Bonson in Tuesday night's game for Minnesota. Both games starting at 8. Danny Cater, the batter, he swings ground ball in the hole between. McCraw knocks it down, has to chase it. He will make a play. And again, McCraw almost robbed the Yankees of a base hit. That scored a base hit, but Danny Cater. Went for that first pitch. It was a little outside. Danny reached for it, tried to punch it through the hole, and, well, he did just about that. He got a base hit out of it. McCaw got his glove on it, and that would have even been a better play than the one he made in the first inning. So Danny Cater, single. And here's Thurman Munson. Today, Thurman Munson's birthday. 
Sherman's 23rd birthday today as he stepped in. Munson with a batting average of 248. Still looking for his first home run this season. As the stretch, the kick, the pitch, in there for the call strike. No balls and one strike. Oh, and one the count. What a day this would be for Sherman to pick the hit number one. Tommy John on the mound. He's giving up his first hit. Cater with the lead. To the belt. The pitch. Outside. It's one and one. One ball and one strike to Thurman Munson. Melton at third base. But Aparicio at second. Playing Munson just about straight away. Same is true of Canal at second. Tommy McGraw holding the bag at first. Outfield straight away and left and right. Just shaded to left and center. The one-one stretch to the belt. Tommy John throws. Curve low. Two balls and one strike. Two and one to Thurman Munson. No score, bottom half of the second inning. Danny Cater has let it off with a base hit. Yankees with five in a row, trying to make it six. Tommy John checks the runner. The two-one pick, there he goes. The ball foul down the right field line. Hits the facade and bounds back down onto the playing field. There's a play that makes Munson so much more valuable. He can hit behind the runner. He fouled that one off, but on several occasions this year on the hit and run, he has come through. In fact, he won a ball game for the Yankees on one occasion on exactly that play. Two balls, two strikes. Danny Cater returns to first. Cater has stolen four bases this year. And most have been in the hit and run play, which, uh, which the batter doesn't get a piece of the ball. Danny rarely goes on his own trying to steal. Two and two, John checks him. He's not going to pitch fast and low ball three. So the count is full on Thurman Munson, and he's been getting his share of walks this year for the Yankees. Munson has 31 bases on balls. Roy White has 36. Well, Munson's right up there. Bobby Mercer has 38. Three balls, two strikes, nobody out, no score. Cater with the lead, the throw to first, and Cater gets back. There's no pickoff attempt by any means. Tommy John just trying to keep him close. Left-handers, as a rule, have excellent pickoff throws. We have yet to see John. Three balls, two strikes. There he goes, the pitch. Munson, line drive, face hit the left center field. Danny Cater hits second. He's on his way to third. Barry up with the ball. Throws on in the second. The Yankees first and third, and nobody out. have a on off Tommy John in the second inning. On first base is Munson. Around the third base goes Danny Cater, and Ron Woods is stepping in. Ron Woods playing against the left-hander today. Batting 259. He has four home runs and 15 RBIs. Tommy John goes to the belt. The pitch to Woods. Swing and a miss, strike one. And now in Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. No balls and one strike to Ron Woods. The throw to first, Munson gets back. Danny Cater on third, Thurman Munson on first. Nobody out, bottom of the second and no score. Tommy John goes to the belt. The 0-1 pitch to Woods. Swing line drive. Base hit the left field. In the score, Danny Cater. Down the second third in Munson. Carlos May throws it in the shortstop. Bang, bang. Three hits in a row. It's New York one. And the White Sox nothing. 
was interesting to watch Ron Woods right there. On the first pitch, a big curveball from John Woods swung from the heels, threw everything he had into the swing, and missed it by about six inches or so. On the next pitch, John tried it again, and Woods just stepped back, met the ball solidly, didn't try to hit it out of the park, drilled the base hit to left, and brought the run home. White Sox manager Don Gutteridge has paid a brief visit to the mound, and now he's headed back to the dugout. Yankees with runners on first and second. Nobody out. One run in. They lead one to nothing here in the second inning. Base hit by Cater, Munson, and Ron Woods. And has Ron Woods ever done the job this year? 16 RBIs. Infield playing in a little bit now. Gene Michael batting right-handed takes low for ball one. McCraw the first base, but it's Melton the third base. And playing in. Thinking that Michael may bunt. Jerry Kenny is on deck. Again, John Ellis is away today with reserve duty. As the stretch, the runners lead away. The pitch to Gene Michael. Swing, foul ball on the ground past third. One ball and one strike. The pitchers are in at Milwaukee. It'll be Cuellar for the Orioles and Marty Patton for the Brewers. One ball, one strike. Yankees won the White Sox nothing in the bottom of the second. And the near-capacity crowd warming to the action. The stretch, the pitch, Michael swings and foul tips it. In fact, I think he got a piece of his foot with that one. He did. He did foul it right down off his left foot. And uh, Michael in just a bit of pain there. One ball and two strikes to count. Michael takes it off and gets back in. Yankees of Thurman Munson on second. Ron Woods on first. Nobody out. They lead one nothing. The stretch, the one-two pitch to Gene Michael. Outside, it's two and two. Jerry Kenny, the number eight hitter, is on deck. And then the slugger, Fritz Peterson. Fritz has a 281 batting average and two home runs. Two balls, two strikes, two on. I want to tell you, in left field, Carlos May is playing shallow for Gene Michael. The two-two pitch, outside for ball three, and it's three and two. So a full count on Gene Michael. Michael looking around after the setup. They're actually playing him as a slice hitter, the right field. He's batting right-handed right now, but Barry is shaded way around the right, and they're all playing shallow. Gene gets a hold of one, the left center or left field. We're gonna see some running on the bases. Three walls, two strikes, nobody out, a run in. Here's the stretch, and a fake to second base by John. Munson slides back to the bag, nobody covering. It was a fake from Bobby Knopf on the way over. You're allowed to fake the second base. It's the only base you can fake to without throwing the ball once you're on the rubber. The 3-2 pitch. Slice foul behind home plate into the mezzanine and back down into the Yankee executive box. Three and two the count. Yankee president Michael Burke is back to see the Yankees. He was actually here yesterday, coming in Friday night. Three balls and two strikes. Mike Burke was away on an American sportsman safari. Three and two the count. Told us before the game of the Yankee Rens that he was getting the scores day by day. Two to one, five to four, three to two. 
Here's the full count pitch. Low ball for it. Gets away. And the ball headed into the dugout. It goes into the dugout. Goes into the White Sox dugout. And the umpire stayed just one base on ball four. So actually the Yankees didn't benefit at all there because it was ball four. And the bases are loaded. The ball bounced into the White Sox dugout. But everyone has forced a holdout. Now Elson Howard's going to discuss it as Jim Hunter down at first. So a good break for the Chicago White Sox in that instance. Right, just announced a wild pitch, and I, that, that doesn't make any sense at all because that was ball four. So it's a walk, and the bases are loaded. Couldn't be a wild pitch. Here's Jerry Kenny. Kenny up with the bases loaded, nobody out. The lineup, the pitch, fastball low for ball one. I just made the correction. One ball and no strikes, and now McCraw calls time, and he comes over to talk to Tommy John. Whenever a pitch ball goes into the dugout, the rule is one base for the base runners, and it's just unfortunate for the Yankees that it happened to be ball four anyhow. One ball, no strikes. The windup, the pitch to Kenny. On the inside corner for the call strike. One and one. Yankees have a run in. Three men on and a one and one count. Kenny the batter and Fritz Peterson on deck. The wind up by John. The pitch. Swing and a bouncer foul behind home plate. One ball and two strikes. Thurman Munson on third. Ron Woods on second. Gene Michael on first. The first four batters here in the second inning have reached base safely. Three singles and a walk. The windup, the one-two pitch, Kenny strikes out swinging. One out for the Yankees. And here comes Fritz Peterson with a batting average of 281, two home runs and six RBIs. Peterson batting right-handed against the lefty Tommy John. The base is loaded for the Yankees. One out and one in. John goes into the windup. The pitch to Fritz. Slow curve high and outside for ball one. I imagine Frank, the word has gotten around the league that Fritz is a good hitting pitcher. Yeah, it doesn't take long for the word to get around, and uh, Tommy John will bear down on Peterson just like he would any other hitter, or Danny Cater or uh, Roy White. Yankees have a chance to break it open. The runners lead away. Here it comes. It's outside. Ball two. Fritz looking down out of Dick Howell for the third base coach. Two balls. No strike. Base is loaded. to run in. Bottom half of the second inning. The windup. The pitch. Fritz swings. Drive. Hit the center field. Very going back. This will get a run in. He makes the catch. The tag at third. The tag at second. Coming in the score, Munson. The third goes Woods, and the Yankees lead two to nothing. Fritz Peterson got the green light, two and zero, and he rifled the drive to center field. An easy catch by Barry, but an easy run for the Yankees. No time at bat shot for Chris Peterson on the sacrifice fly. The sun is out here at Yankee Stadium. It's a round of applause from our engineer, Sandy Alper. <laughs> I knew I saw something strange down there. There's shadows. That's what it is. It's the first time in days. Here's Horace Clark. Throw to first. 
Dean Michael gets back. Michael is on first, Woods on third, and two out. White Sox expect the Yankees may be up to something on the bases here. You know, when we talk about the sun being out, you people here in New York haven't seen it in a while. Here's the pitch. High ball one, but we haven't seen it in twice as long because we were on the roads when this whole storm system was cooking up out of Minnesota and the Midwest. And we actually just about beat it in here and it followed us. Came back to the east and everybody had sunburns last weekend and we had nothing but cloudy skies and showers all week. Time call for just a moment as Bill Melton uh, goes in to get some sunglasses for himself and for Luis Aparicio. We'll see now if the White Sox outfielders want him. Aparicio just uh, checked with the left fielder Carlos May. I don't believe May had him with him out there, but he shakes his head and says uh, he doesn't need him. One ball, no strike to Horace Clark. Clark has 18 RBIs. The stretch and the pitch. He takes the button, takes outside, two balls and no strike. Tommy John has done an awful lot of pitches here in the second inning. Singles to Cater, Munson, and Woods. Walk to Michael. Strike out Kenny. Sacrifice fly Peterson. Two are in. The Yankees have runners on first and third and two out. They lead two to nothing here in the bottom of the second. Tommy John now. Checks Michael off first. Here it comes. There it goes. Ground ball. Hits the third. Melton with it over the second for the fourth play. And the sides retired. So for the Yankees in the second inning, two runs, three hits. No errors. Two men left. The end of two. It's New York two and Chicago nothing. The car that's already priced smaller than its size is priced lower than before. Now you can order Nova, Chevrolet's popular economy family car, at a $159 price reduction based on manufacturer's suggested retail prices, including federal excise tax and suggested dealer new vehicle preparation charges. The $159 price reduction applies to all Novas, Four, six, and eight-cylinder models, coupe and sedan. The day-night mirror, bias-belted ply tires, cigarette lighter, and seatbelt retractors, formerly standard, are still available as options. And you still get much more than with those smaller cars. A longer wheelbase and wider tread for a better ride. Rear windows that roll up and down. Room for five or six big people. And as your Chevrolet dealer can tell you, this $159 price reduction on Nova is only an indication of how anxious he is to deal. So come in and place your Nova order now. Well, it's uh, quite a sight here at Yankee Stadium right now as the young fans have been asked to hold their bats on high for the benefit of uh, Yankee television and the press photographers here in the stadium. And it looks just like a, a sea of... Uh, yellow lumber as you look around every youngster today coming into the ballpark with an adult received a bat autographed yankee bat and those bats are being held up right now and it's always quite a sight i really believe we won't know until we get the figures later i believe we've got more kids here for bat day today than we've had in a long time ken barry swings and he has bat day a line drive base at the left center field Roy White bottles the ball, gets by him, and Barry goes into second base. First, he recovers and throws the ball in. That'll probably be scored a hit and an error. Ken Barry with a single and an error on Roy White. So the White Sox coming right back. And Ken Barry hits the first pitch in the top half of the third inning for a base hit. The Yankees lead it by a score of 2 to nothing. That was the first error this season by anyone in the Yankee outfield. Here's Tommy John. Tommy John, the pitcher, stepped in. John with a batting average of 143. 
Four base hits and 28 at-bats. Yankee infield right now not playing for the bunt. There's the stretch. Yankees lead 2 nothing to pitch. John swings fly ball down the right field line. Slicing foul. Back into the lower deck. Strike one. No balls and one strike. Yankees scored two in the bottom of the second inning. White Sox trying to come back now off Fritz Peterson here on the top of the third. Ken Barry on second. No balls and one strike and no out. Tommy John the batter. Now Mercer moves over more towards right center field. Big gap right now is in left center. Fritz Peterson brings it to the belt. Check Barry. There's a bunt. Hit down first base side. Peterson up with it. Throws the first in time. And there's one away. Throw that a sacrifice. Peterson got his glove on. The ball popped out. It's right in front of him. And Fritz had to play in front of him all the way. One out. Over to third base goes Ken Berry. And that'll bring up Walt Williams, the leadoff man. Yankees leading it two to nothing. However, Ken Berry now has moved to third with one out here on the top of the third. This early in the ball game, the Yankees will not try to keep the run from scoring unless the ball is sharply on the ground. They play the infield back. The wind up the pitch. Williams takes the curve. Low for ball one. One ball and no strike. Chris Peterson getting the sign from Thurman Munson. Goes into the windup. In comes the pick. Outside. Two balls and no strike. Yankees two and the White Sox nothing. Top half of the third. Ken Berry on third for Chicago with one out. Two balls and no strikes to Walt Williams. Peterson into the windup. The pitch. He bumps the ball in the air. Peterson makes the catch and falls down. A one-handed catch by Chris Peterson. Holding a third base is Ken Berry, and that's a big play. Williams tried the bunt, no squeeze play involved. Bunted it in the air, and Fritz Peterson made a final one-handed catch as you'll see a pitcher make. Two outs to Luis Aparicio. Aparicio singled his first time up. White Sox have had two hits, that one by Aparicio and the one by Berry here in the inning. Yankees lead it two to nothing. Berry still on third now with two outs. The always tough Luis Aparicio. The wind up, the pitch, fastball in there for the ball strike. No balls and one strike. Two games left in this homestand. Tuesday night and Wednesday night against the best in the West, the Minnesota Twins. The wind up, the pitch, Aparicio line drive to Michael and the side retired. Aparicio tagged it and Michael grabbed it. No runs, one hit, one error, one left. The end of two and a half. The Yankees, two, and the White Sox, nothing. Bottom half of the third inning, the Yankees will send up Mercer White and Danny Cater. The Yankees lead us two to nothing with two runs in the second, and that was some clutch pitching by Fritz Peterson there in the top half of the third inning. Bobby Mercer had two home runs on Friday night. He had a base hit yesterday. First time up, a nice stop by Tommy McCraw. Took away a base hit. Bright sunshine now at Yankee Stadium. Here's the windup, and the pitch to Mercer. Runs up to Bunt, and he misses it. Strike one. No balls and one strike. Here's the windup, and the pitch. Outside for a ball, and it's one and one. One ball, one strike. Nobody out. The Yankees lead it two to nothing. We're in the bottom half of the third inning. Frank will have a complete rundown of the scores right after this half inning. Third ball, bounce, first base side, pass the mound, McGraw up with the ball, flips it to John, got him, one out. 
But Mercer's out for the second time in the game, McCraw to Tommy John. One out here on the bottom of the third, and Roy White will be up. Roy White, right-handed batter, gets back to the mound his first time up. The wind-up. Tommy John delivers. White lets it go. Low and outside for ball one. One ball and no strike. White with 40 RBIs. He leads the ball close. Leads and hits with 68. Here's the pitch. Fly ball hit the right center. Barry coming over. Now he fades back. He's under it. And he makes the catch. So the Yankees two up and two down here in the third inning. And Danny Cater, who got the first Yankee base hit and scored the first Yankee run this afternoon, steps in. Cater singled in the second inning. Just reached out, lined the ball between first and second. Cater with 65 base hits, four home runs, and 38 RBIs. Tommy John pumps. Delivers to Cater. Curve ball hit in the air. A pop-up to shortstop. Aparicio looking for it. And Luis Aparicio makes the catch and the stars retire. No runs, no hits, no errors. And nobody left on. We played three innings here at Yankee Stadium. And the score, the Yankees two. And the White Sox nothing. And now to give you a complete rundown of the scoreboard and take you through the next three innings, Frank Messer. Okay, Bob. And the total's right here through three innings. The Yankees two runs, three hits, one hour. Chicago no runs, two hits, and no errors. Minnesota at Washington, it's Boswell against Brunette. And the Minnesota Twins lead by a score of 3-2 to two at the end of four. There have been no home runs in that ball game. Detroit plays at Oakland a later start. Baltimore at Milwaukee, they're underway, but no score is yet from the first inning. Mike Cuellar pitching for Baltimore, and Marty Patton, a right-hander, going for Milwaukee. Kansas City at Boston for a doubleheader, and Boston leads the first game 4-2 to two at the end of three innings. The two Kansas City runs came on a homer by Pat Kelly, his third of the year. Moorhead, a former Red Sox pitcher, pitching for Kansas City, and Ray Culp going for Boston. Cleveland at California, later start. In the National League, the New York Mets and Cincinnati Reds are scoreless at the end of one and a half. Gentry against Simpson, and now Cincinnati has just scored in the second on Lee May's 15th home run. So Cincinnati leads one to nothing, and they have completed that second inning. Los Angeles at Pittsburgh scoreless at the end of four and a half. Foster against Veal. Philadelphia at Houston just underway with Woody Fryman pitching for the Phillies and Larry Dierker for the Houston Astros. Montreal scored two runs in the first inning and the Expos lead the Atlanta Braves 2-0 at the end of one and a half. Morton against Phil Necro. San Francisco at Chicago scoreless at the end of one and a half. Robertson against Holtzman. San Diego three, St. Louis nothing at the end of one and a half. Coombs against Gibson. No home runs in the games other than those we mentioned to you. Right now, we go to the top half of the fourth with Carlos May leading off for the White Sox. The first pitch to him, he bluffs the butt and takes the pitch low, ball one. Carlos May grounded into a forced play his first time up. Left-hand hitter, shoves up about two inches on the bat handle. The pitch to him, he takes a strike as Peterson gets the fastball over the outside corner. One ball and one strike. The Yankees leading 2-0. Peterson winds, kicks and deals, fastball and a check swing foul bounces into the third base dugout. A ball and two strikes. The Yankees trying to sweep the White Sox. 
Chicago trying to gain the one victory in the three-game set. Peterson arms high, delivers. Curve is low. To even the count of two balls, two strikes. On the left-hand hitting, Carlos May. Bill Melton is on deck, and then Dwayne Josephson here in the fourth inning. Peterson gets a new baseball. Thurman Munson carried it halfway to the mound, rubbed it up for him. Two balls and two strikes. Peterson has the sign. Steps back on the right foot. Kicks and delivers, and strike three is called. Carlos May fooled on the pitch. Peterson turned it over just a bit, and May is called out on strikes. That is the first strikeout for Fritz Peterson. And it will bring up the third baseman, Bill Melton. And uh, we're very happy to have Bill Rizzuto moving over for television to sit in with us. Bill. Oh, Frank, I'm very happy to be here. I tell you, anybody is caught up in the excitement of this tremendous crowd and the way the Yankees are playing ball and bat day all mixed together. Bill Melton takes high, ball one. Melton flies the right fielder, Ron Woods, his first time up. Certainly is an air of excitement, enthusiasm here at Yankee Stadium that they haven't seen in a long time. There's a palm ball at top side. 2-0 now to Bill Melton. You know, I don't attribute it to just that day alone, Frank. The Yankees have been playing great ball, and I think the fans are starting to take them seriously, just as the Orioles are. Yes, sir. For the first time this year, the Orioles looking at the scoreboard, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. Ball three is inside. Peterson missed with a fastball, and he's way behind now for the first time in this ball game. 3-0 on Bill Melton. Peterson ready with a 3-0 pitch. And a strike is called. He didn't lay that one right down the middle. He got the fastball over the outside part of the plate. 3-1. Yes, sir. All of a sudden, everybody's uh, in to side. There might be a race after all. There's ball four. Melton is on. The pitch was high to him, and it's the first walk given up by Peterson. So in this inning, Peterson has picked up his first strikeout and also allowed his first walk. Cater pulls in to hold the inside corner on Melton at first, and the batter will be the catcher, Dwayne Josephson. Josephson, a right-hand hitter, flat out to Mercer in center field his first time up. Yankees leading two to nothing. We're in the top of the fourth. One on one gone. Melton swings to the first pitch right back to Peterson. He fires to Michael for one, back to first, and he's safe at first base. Peterson throw to Michael Sale. Michael had to leap in the air for it, came down, got the bag for the force out at second. Michael was not in good position then to throw to first base. His throw pulled Cater off the bag. And it so often happens, Bill, on a comebacker to the pitcher, they do not get the double play. This time, I think it was just the fact that Peterson's throw to Michael sailed. That's, that's true, but also, it's hit back at them so hard, they are a little flustered momentarily. But if anybody likes ballet, there were three beautiful shots of the ballet. Peterson and Michael and Danny Cater knocking down that errant throw. Tom across that then. Check playing foul ball hit off the third base side. Jerry Kenny came up with it, but wide of the line. given up by Peterson a moment ago was the first time he'd walked a man in uh, better than 19 innings. Pitch is down low to McCraw. The count evens one and one. Peterson had not walked a man in 16 innings coming into the game. He had pitched three innings here plus the first batter in the fourth. That's why we say in slightly better than 19 innings. 
2-1 pitch now. McCraw hits a high fly ball out of the right field. Ron Wood coming in, sets up under it, makes the catch, and the side is retired. So for the White Sox in the fourth, no runs, no hits. There were no Yankee errors, one walk and a man left. At the end of three and a half, the score is New York two and Chicago nothing. The Arctic Tundra, 12 inches of vegetation covering frozen ground a thousand feet deep. When Atlantic Richfield Company discovered oil on Alaska's north slope, the place we call the Arco Circle, we found out if you disturb the tundra, you cause erosion. A tire track can cause a 50-foot gorge. We stopped driving our trucks across it and started experiments with 13 different kinds of grass seed so that if erosion occurred, we'd be ready. The seeding has to be done by hand. The fertilizing has to be done by helicopters, and the grasses will have to be incredibly hardy to make it. But if they do, there will be a way to protect the delicate tundra forever. At Atlantic Richfield Company, we're doing this because we believe drilling for oil and conservation go together. We went all the way to Alaska to drill for oil so we can provide your local Atlantic dealer with the finest Arco Petroleum products for your car. of the fourth inning, we'll find Thurman Munson, Ron Woods, and Gene Michael coming up in that order for the New York Yankees. Thurman Munson singled in the Yankees' two-run second inning, moved Cater from first to third, and Cater scored easily on Ron Woods' base at the left field. Then after a walk to Gene Michael, loaded the bases, Kenny struck out, but Fritz Peterson helped his own cause along with a sacrifice fly to center field that drove home run number two, and that is the extent of the scoring. Two to nothing, the Yankees lead. Munson celebrating his 23rd birthday today and did it with a base hit his first time up. Waves the stick back and forth. Here's the pitch to him. Fastball is in there at the knees. Called strike. Frank, Ted Savage has just homered in the bottom of the first and uh, the Brewers are still batting. They lead Milwaukee one to nothing. Right. What? Milwaukee leading Baltimore one to nothing on a right. Savage homer. Oh, one pitch now to Thurman Munson. Outside, a ball one and one. Danny Walden won the ball game yesterday for Milwaukee with his 12th home run of the year. At the time, it looked like it might just add a couple of insurance runs, but his two-run homer was the margin of Milwaukee's victory. 1-1 pitch. Low and outside. Ball 2-2-1 two, two and one to Thurman Munson. I just hope the Orioles start thinking of what New York teams have done to Baltimore teams in the past few years. It might make them think a little bit and worry. 2-1 pitch. Thurman hits a high foul down the right side. McCraw racing for it, but it's going to be out of play back in the seat. Yes, sir, the city of New York has held quite a hex over the city of Baltimore in recent years. The New York Rangers were petitioning for Baltimore to get a National Hockey League franchise. 2-2 pitch now to Munson. He swings and fouls it off the shin guard of Josephson. It rolls a few feet down the third baseline in fair territory, but a foul ball. And the message board salutes Thurman Munson on his birthday as he stands up there at the plate right now. John Wine kicks and deals. Munson hits a ground ball to short. Played on a big hop by Aparicio. Guns at the first. Munson is out. 
One away, and the batter will be Ron Woods. Before he steps in, we'll step out. On New York Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. First pitch to Ronnie Woods. He swings on it, sends a slow roller back to the mound. John flags it down, throws him out easily. And on one pitch to Woods, he is retired. Still away, and the batter will be Gene Michael. Michael drew a walk his first time up. It loaded the bases and set the stage for Chris Peterson's sacrifice fly to give the Yankees a 2-0 lead. Pitch time is high and pulled Josephson because it looked like it hit Josephson right on the mat. Did it that first? I thought it hit Michael's bat, but it looks like Josephson might have been crossed up. One ball and no strikes to Gene Michael. The wind-up by the left-hander John and the pitch fastball pops foul, coming back toward the upper deck and out of play. One ball and one strike. Out, nobody on. Tommy John kicks and deals. Michael swings, pops one up in a shallow right, coming on for Walter Williams. Pounds the glove twice, and he puts it away to retire the side. So the Yankees go three up, three down, and John is now retired the last uh, nine men in a row. Nothing across at the end of four. The score is New York two and Chicago nothing. Say, did you ever have a girl you know show up in a week and not recognize her? Well, here's a story just like that. Some people have received new credit cards and failed to recognize them. Now, this is understandable. The big name on the card, and incidentally, it is a handsome card, but the big name is Arco, A-R-C-O. They didn't realize that this new Arco card was a replacement for their old Atlantic credit card. After Richfield and Atlantic merged to become the Atlantic Richfield Company, it made sense to have one national credit card good at thousands of service stations from coast to coast. Makes it easy for everyone, including the people at Hertz, Ramada, and Treadway Inns, Hyatt House Motels, Hyatt Lodges, Travel Lodge Motels, Friendship Inns, Ammons Walker Inns Incorporated, and Superior Motels. They all honor this new card. Now they have only one name to remember, and so do you, Arco. It stands for all the good products and services you get at your Atlantic station. Well, Frank did give you a quick recap to scoring in just one inning in the second inning. That's the way the Yankees have been winning yesterday. They had one inning where they had four consecutive singles to score two runs. In the second inning today, they had three consecutive singles by Kata Munson-Woods, a walk to Michael, and then a sacrifice fly by Peterson. He's hit just about the hottest ball of this ball game. He certainly has. He got a lot of wood on that one, set it straight away center field. An easy catch by Barry, but that ball was well out there in the outfield. We're waiting right now for the ball boy to get back to his station on the left field line. And now Bobby Knopp steps in. He uh, bounced back to Peterson his first time up. Takes a fastball on the inside corner at the belt, strike one. Rich Peterson, as usual, mixing his pitches well. Good control. Delivers. Knopp swings and misses. No balls and two strikes. Knopp, Barry, and then the pitcher, Tommy John, for Chicago. The Yankees out in front, two to nothing. Top half of inning number five. Beautiful, sunshiny day now here at the stadium. 
The wind up the 0-2 pitch. Inside with a fastball. Back Kanop away from the dish. One ball and two strikes. Nobody on, nobody on. Peterson ready. Here it is. Hit on the ground, slowly to short. Gene Michael scoops it out, fires out to first base. He's out. Good play by Michael. That ball was evidently had a lot of backspin on it or something because another uh, second, that ball would have stopped right there on the ground. Seems amazing how he can get so much on the ball from an off-balance stance. Michael, sometimes if you're out here early, watch Michael on the sidelines. He'll warm up and throw almost underhand. He works on that uh, off-balance uh -huh. throw. Here's Ken Berry. Takes a ball low and inside. Ball one. And Michael doesn't just uh, stand on the sidelines and throw completely overhand. He'll throw sidearm and he'll throw that underhand flip. The ball is fouled back just past the on-deck circle. And the count is one and one. Barry singled his first time up to left field and went on to second base when Roy White committed an error on the ball. The first error by a Yankee outfielder all year. Barry got this far as third base on a sacrifice but could not come home as Williams popped up to Peterson and Aparicio lined out to Michael. 1-1 one, one pitch. Line drive over Michael's head. Base hit out into left field. So Barry is two for two. Bobby Mercer cut in front of Roy White, picked that one up barehanded and fired it back to the infield. So Barry has two of the three Chicago base hits. He is four for nine in the series and now is the White Sox leading hitter against the Yankees this year. Here's the pitcher, Tommy John, called upon a sacrifice in the third and did so. left-hand pitcher, but a right-hand batter. Peterson after the runner at first, Barry, but doesn't get him. John is not a switch hitter. He's just a natural right-hand batter. But Steve, he's up there to bust. It's set by Peterson, and the pitch, he swings away and fouls it back into the mezzanine just off to our right. and one strike. John steps away from the plate, stares down at third base coach Billy Adair. Throw to first base. Barry is back. Barry has a couple of stolen bases. is outside. The count evens one and one. Among other things that the two baseline coaches have for Chicago have in common, Bill Adair and Luke Appling, they're both former managers of the Richmond Club in the International League. Get on the ground, a shortstop. Michael has it, steps on second, throws to first, easy double play, and the start is retired. Yankees turn over two on the infield. Michael unassisted at second, Decatur at first. No runs, a base hit, no errors, nobody left. And now at the end of four and a half, the score is New York two and Chicago nothing.
Well, the Yankees have done uh, very well so far against the uh, Western Clubs. They took three straight from the Kansas City Royals. They have taken the first two games of the three-game series with the White Sox. Then the Twins come in. Twins gave the Yankees a rough time out in Minnesota. They'll be here Tuesday night and Wednesday night, both games at 8 p.m. And Stan Bonson will be pitching Tuesday night and Mel Stottlemyre Wednesday night for the Yankees against the Twins. But also, as important, on Tuesday night, the PSAL Championship game will be held here at the stadium. It will start at 5 p.m. And that precedes the regularly scheduled game between the Yankees and the Twins, which starts at 8 and Aussie High School from Brooklyn will face Far Rockaway High School from Queens. Now, both starting pitchers for these clubs were drafted by Major League clubs in the free agent draft the other day. One stipulation, no inning will start after 7.15 p.m. At the end of an inning and a half, the Milwaukee Brewers lead Baltimore one to nothing on the strength of Ted Savage home run. Jerry Kenny will lead things off for the Yankees in the bottom half of the set. Kenny, Peterson, and Clark. Jerry Kenny struck out his first time up. 0 for 1. Tommy John into the windup. Kicks and delivers. Fastball is low to Kenny. Ball 1. ready to work again. Delivers. Kenny takes a strike this time. Tommy John has pitched five full seasons for the Chicago White Sox, but he's only 27 years old. Kenny hits the ground ball to short. Aparicio gloves it. Fires to first base. He's out. Very close play at first. One away. John had nearly a full season with the Cleveland Indians in 1964 before he was acquired by the White Sox in a three-club deal involving Kansas City and Cleveland. Left-hander delivers now to Peterson. Fritz swings and misses strike one. Say Ralph Houck uh, credits Fritz Peterson's hitting ability by turning him loose on a 2-0 count before. There's a the ball lined out on the right field. Williams won't get it. It's in for the base hit. Walter Williams fired that ball into first base. Peterson running hard down the line. There was no play there, but uh, Walter Williams charged into it. Fired it in to Tom McCraw. Hoping that Peterson might lag it going down the line a little bit, but Peterson was pumping, and he's got himself a single. He hits that Phil. He's got 10 base hits now in 33 at bat. That makes him a 300 hitter. Here is Horace Clark with Peterson at first and one out. That was the Yankees' fourth hit in the ball game. John delivers. Clark takes. Strike one calls. Yankees lead it 2 nothing. New York scoring two runs on three singles and a sacrifice fly in the second. Clark at the ground ball, shot with a third, Madden back as it throws the second for one, back to first, it's a double play. What a play by Bill Melton on a scorcher down the line. He reached down, backhanded the ball, fired over to second baseman Bobby Knapp to force Peterson, and Knapp doubles Clark at first. No runs are hit, no errors, nobody left. And at the end of five, it is New York two and Chicago nothing. 
Tiddy not only took a double away from Morris Clark as Frank Tiddy, but turned it into a double play. Wow. Yeah. Next Friday night, June the 5th, the Yankees meet. Wait a minute. Well, I tell you, I'm just a few days behind. 23B, let's see. That's over with. <laughs> That page goes out, but looking ahead a little bit to the homestand after next. The Yankees will be playing a special midweek doubleheader on Wednesday afternoon, June 24th. And their opponents will be Al Dock and his young Cleveland Indians. Well, earlier in the season, as you know, Cleveland had been hampered by injuries. And they still haven't got Ken Harrelson back yet, but they got quite a ball club. You remember all the home runs hit in that series between the... Uh, Yankees and the uh, Cleveland Indians out there, so you want to be here for that series when it comes up on June 24th and 25th. Frank? <laughs> After that, Bill, I really don't know what to say. I don't blame you, Frank. <laughs> I hope anybody listening took that minute out to go to the refrigerator and get themselves a sandwich. Sixth inning, and Walter Williams will come on, followed by Aparicio and then Carlos May. The top of the batting order against Fritz Peterson. Horace Clark, while well, we have just a moment, has played every game of every, every inning of every game this year, and now leads the major leagues in at-bats. Clark has been to the plate, let's see, this year 243 times already. And the season is not a third of the way over. He's got to get a lot of base hits because, as you say, he leads the league just about every year in at-bats. All right, Walter Williams, the leadoff man for the Chicago White Sox. Right-hand hitter, routed out to Michael in the first inning, then popped up a bunt in the third, and Fritz Peterson made a spectacular diving catch of it off the third base side of the mound. The pitch. Palm ball on the outside corner, strike one. Nothing and one, the count to Walter Williams. Yankees lead it 2-0. Peterson looks down to Munson, has the sign. Takes the sign with his left foot on the rubber, delivers, and Williams at the ground ball to short. Michael charges it, has it, throws on to first, he's off, and there's one away. Milwaukee has scored again. A run in the second, and at the end of two innings, it's Milwaukee two and Baltimore nothing. Here is Luis Aparicio. Single in the first inning, lined out to Michael in the third. Aparicio hit a bullet in the third, and Gene Michael grabbed it for the final out of the inning. The pitch to him, he swings it to one hopper to Kenny at third. Jerry has it, the hop, skip, and jump, and he throws him out easily, two down. Now Carlos May, the left fielder, 0 for 2. Grounded into a fourth play in the first inning with a ground ball to, Aparic uh, to uh, Michael to force Aparicio. In the fourth inning, May was called out on strike. That is the only strikeout for Peterson. Here's the pitch. Strike call. Breaking pitch. Got the outside corner at the knees. Cleanup hitter Bill Melton is on deck. 
Base is empty, two gone. Fritz Peterson winds and delivers. Curve is lined right back up the middle, past Peterson into center field base hit. Peterson puts the right hand, the gloved hand up, and that ball was just over his fingers. So May is on with his third hit of the series. That is base hit number four in this game off Fritz Peterson. Gator will hold on May at first base as Bill Melton moves in at the plate. Melton, the third baseman, has slides to right and walks. The only walk given up by Peterson. Strong right-hand hitter. Well down on the end of the bat. Swings in the first pitch and pops it up into shallow center. Mercer coming hard. Clark going back. Clark is calling for it. And Clark makes the catch in shallow center. Over the White Sox. No runs. A base hit. No errors. A man left. At the end of the top of the sixth, the score is New York 2 and Chicago nothing. Well, I think about now you can plan your summer activities. Before this game started, we had clouds overhead. Lights have been on since the start, but now the sky is real blue, very pleasant. So why don't you investigate Yankee Stadium's facility? Whether it's fun or recreation, employee party nights, or charitable benefits, there's nothing quite like a Yankee ball game, and they've been something this year. We have box and reserve seats, and also an added plus, one of the few places where you can bring the kids. There's no group too small and no party too large. So while good seats are still available, why don't you write for a free booklet? Or if you wish, feel free to contact the group sales department at area code 212 293-6000. That's area code 212-293-6000. And make this year's outing a combination of good fellowship and good baseball. We go to the bottom half of the sixth inning, and following this happening, Phil Rizzuto will bring you up to date on all the other games being played. Bobby Mercer, Roy White, and Danny Cater coming on. Mercer has twice grounded out to the first baseman, McCraw, to the pitcher, Tommy John, covering. So Mercer twice has pulled the ball on John, but on the ground to McCraw's first. They play Bobby way around to the right side with the center fielder, Ken Berry, well over in the alley in right center field. Carlos May in left center and shallow, and Walter Williams deep enjoyed the corner and right. Infield also shades around to the first base side. The wind up in the pitch. Low and outside. Ball one to Bobby Mercer. Mercer bends low at the waist, waiting. Takes a rip and sends a fly ball down the left field line. It is fading, fading. Foul ball in the seat. Foul. Yankees have had their hitting today through the middle of the batting order. And from Peterson. Yankees have four hits, one each by Keeter, Munson, and Woods, the number four, five, and six hitters, and one by Fritz Peterson. Ball on a strike down to Mercer. The windup by Tommy John. The pitch coming. Mercer takes the fastball low. Two balls and one strike. Yankees lead 2 nothing. 2-1 pitch. Mercer hits a ground ball again towards first. This time it's foul.
Two balls and two strikes. That day at Yankee Stadium, a near capacity crowd here. In fact, all the grandstand seats had been sold, and uh, standing room was being sold when the game started. Not many seats left out there in the bleachers. Two balls and two strikes to Bobby Mercer. The wind-up by John, the pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Mercer strikes out. And for Tommy John, it will be strikeout number two. He had Kenny earlier in the game. It brings up Roy White. White has bounced back to the pitcher and fly to center. Hitting right-handed, he takes a strike on the outside corner. Nothing in one. one pitch hit on the ground slowly toward short Aparicio charges bare hand pickup loses it White is on base hit for Roy White slow grounder once the pitcher Tommy John did not get the ball it had base hit written all over it Aparicio tried a bare hand pickup and throw but he lost the ball rolled up his arm off his chest and it's a base hit for Roy White and a good uh, scoring decision Danny Cater now the batter. Cater is one for two. They call a pitch out. White was not going. It's ball one. Cater had an infield hit in the second inning. Came in to score the Yankees' first run of the ball game. In the third inning, he popped up to the shortstop, Aparicio. White leads away at first. Draws a throw and gets back. McCraw holding the inside corner on the Yankee base runner, Roy White. No. One ball and no strike to Danny Cater. Cater waves the bat. Now wait. Here's the pitch. There goes White. It's hit on the ground at first. McCraw with it. Steps on first. White goes to second as Cater grounds out to McCraw unassisted. Danny tried to hit behind the base runner. He did so, but could not get the ball through the infield. So now White is at second, and the batter will be Thurman Munson. Thurman is one for two with a run scored. In the second inning, Munson singled sharply to left field. In the fourth inning, he grounded out to shortstop Aparicio. Yankees leading two to nothing. Two outs in the bottom half of the sixth inning. Against Munson, the White Sox spread the outfield. They do not play the left fielder Carlos May deep. Trying to guard all stations as Munson can hit to all fields. The set by John, and here's the pitch. Thurman takes low and outside, ball one. Infield is also spread out. Third baseman Melton is deep, not hugging the line. Aparicio is over toward the hole. McCraw first wide of the line and deep, and Kanaf is deep. Skated just a bit towards second. one 0 pitch. Munson takes low at ball two, two and all. Well, you hear the kids now in their uh, age-old chant of we want a hit. With the speed of Roy White, a hit could mean a Yankee run. Yankees leading 2-0. Tommy John looks to Josephson again for the side, now has it. 
Two nothing pitch. Fastball is low, ball three. Munson steps away. They may not pitch to him now. Behind three and oh, they're going to put him on. There's ball four thrown intentionally wide, and Munson is put on. Only the second walk given up by Tommy John, and the third walk in the ball game as Peterson has walked one. Ron Woods now the batter, one for two, drove in a run with a single in the first inning. Bounced back to the pitcher, Tommy John in the fourth. Wyatt at second, Munson at first. Aparicio comes a little more toward the hole against Woods, and Josephson has to dig the pitch out of the dirt ball one. In center field, Barry is shaded just a step or two toward right field. Yankees leading two to nothing. Woods waves the bat back and forth. There's the step by John. He spins around as if to throw to second. Nobody is there but Roy White, and he doesn't want to throw it to him. Ready again. Pitches get in the air to fairly shallow right center. Coming on for Walter Williams, the right fielder, makes the catch, and the start is retired. For the Yankees, no runs, a base hit. There were no errors, and two men are left on. At the end of six, the score is New York 2 and Chicago nothing. And now with the scores of other games and ready to carry you through the final three innings here, the shortstop, the scooters, Bill Rizzuto. All right, Frank, thank you. Minnesota and Washington all tied 3-3 at the end of five. Boswell started, Hall in the fifth. Brunette started for the Senators, Bosman in the sixth. Detroit at Oakland later start. At the end of two and a half, Milwaukee two, Baltimore nothing. Cuellar for the Birds and Patton for the Brewers, and Ted Savage got his fourth of the year in the first inning. In the first game for doubleheader, it is now Kansas City four and the Red Sox four. Moorhead started for Kansas City, Bergmeyer in the first, Culp for the Red Sox. Pat Kelly got his third of the year in the third with one on, and Jackie Hernandez is second of the year in the sixth with one on. Cleveland and California latest start. At the end of three and a half, it's Cincinnati four and the Mets one. Gentry started, Cardwell in the fourth, Simpson going for the Reds. Lee May got his 15th of the year in the second inning. Johnny Bench is 18th of the year in the third with two on. Pittsburgh three, the Dodgers nothing end of eight. Foster against Veal. Phillies one, Houston nothing into one. Fryman against Decker. Montreal three and Atlanta nothing into four. Morton against Negro. Bob Bailey got his second of the year in the fourth. Well, let's see. It's the Cubs two and the Giants two playing the bottom of the fourth. Robertson against Holtzman. Willie Mays got his 13th of the year. 613 lifetime. Dees is 11th. And Callison got his seventh, and Billy Williams is 16th for the Cubs. San Diego leading the Cardinals 3-1 into three. Dukes against Gibson. And those are the other scores. Right here, the Yankees leading just two to nothing. And it will be Dwayne Josephson, who fly to center field and hit back to the box. Peterson pitches a curve over strike call, and we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. The next pitch is a bomb ball drilled in the left field for a base hit for Josephson. Fritz got that bomber a little too high. That's base hit number five. Each team now with five base hits. And here's Tom McCraw 
Pop to second and fly to right field. Munson goes out now to talk with Peterson. The Yankee bullpen has had two good days of rest, but right now somebody's getting up back there. Lindy McDaniel gets up. Two complete games, one by Mel Stottlemyre and one by young John Cumberland in the last two games. First time this year that the Yankees have had back-to-back -back complete games, but they have been winning. Bullpen not complaining, but they can use the two days rest. There's a stretch. Pitch to McCraw. Bunch foot foul. Down the third baseline. One strike on McCraw. Yankees picked up their two runs. And the second inning on three consecutive singles by Kata, Munson, and Woods. And a sacrifice fly by Fritz Peterson. Nobody out. Kata not holding the bag against Josephson. McCraw chokes up on that bat. A lot like Carlos May, both left-hand hitters. McCraw well in front of the plate. Peterson sets his pitch. It's deep to right. That ties the ball game up right there. It's the screen alongside the foul pole. A home run. And the ball game is tied up. Oh, he really creamed that one. Tom McCraw gets his second home run of the year. Now has 12 runs batted in. And we have a brand new ball game. You can't hit a ball any harder than that. A line drive about one-third the way up of the foul pole. Hit the screen, which is attached to the foul pole in fair territory. So nobody out. And the score 2-2. Two -two. Here's Bobby Knopf. Hit to the box. Bounce to short. Pops this one up. Jerry Kenny at third base moves in. In fair territory. Makes the catch right near the bag, and it's one out. That brings up Ken Barry, who's had a perfect day. Single to left and single to left center. One out. Peterson delivers a swing and a miss on a good curveball. Strike one. Tommy John. Coming out on deck. Peterson ready. Fastball is low, one on one. One ball, one strike, one out. Deep to left field, a line drive, and this ball is in for a home run. About one row back, just there, and Ken Berry hit a bullet. His third home run of the year, and the White Sox now lead three to two. They were two of the quickest home runs of the year that I have seen by McGraw and Berry. Chris Peterson, who has a history of having that one bad inning just about every ball game. This time it caught up with him, leading two to nothing. Socks out in front three to two. One out and Tommy John the batter. John has sacrificed and hit into a double play.
Next swing and a slow, ball one. On deck, Walt Williams. The 1-0 pitch in there, strike call, one of one. Tommy John took a good cut after the ball had been called a strike. John chokes up on that bat. Fast ball, swing and a miss. Ball and two strikes. McCraw and Ken Berry both choke up on the bat, but they both hit line drive home runs. Fastball swing and a foul back, and that ball nicks Munson on the mat. Thurman takes it off. Puts it back on. One man out, a one-two count. On Tommy John. Curve hit in the air to right center field. Woods digging to his right. He's there now and makes the catch. John was getting that good jump. Two up. And Walt Williams bounced a short. Bunted. Peterson made a great diving one-hand catch. And then bounced a short. 0 for 3. On deck, Aparicio. Peterson's pitch is high, ball one. Walt Williams has not had a base hit so far. He has gone 0 for 10 so far in the three-game series. He came into this game hitting right around 300. Grounded a short. Kenny up with a nice play. Fires to first and plenty of time. But the White Sox come up with three runs on three hits. No errors, nobody left. At the end of six and a half, it's the White Sox three, the Yankees two. Take me out to the ball game has been the popular chant of millions of Americans for generations, but few have enjoyed a close-up of the baseball scene as Mark Michael describes it in the June issue of Jack and Jill magazine. Mark is the seven-year-old son of New York Yankee shortstop Gene Michael, one of the best infielders in baseball today. Boys and girls will read of the excitement of watching a game at Yankee Stadium and the glamour and the life of a professional baseball player. Children will share the thrill of going through the Hall of Fame, of sitting in the dugout, or swinging one of the professional bats. My Father is a New York Yankee is not just another sports story. It's a moving commentary of a warm relationship between a boy and his dad, and a happy way of life in one American household. Yes, the Minnesota Twins will be in Tuesday night and Wednesday night to wind up this homestand for the Yankees. And Rich Reese, the Yankee killer who hit 467 against them last year, is at a grand slam home run today for the Minnesota Twins after playing the Washington Senators. So come on out and see the Twins and the Yankees Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Right now, the Yankees are down by a score of 3-2 to two as we get set to the bottom of the seventh. Tommy John has been tough outside of that second inning when the Yankees got two runs. All right, Gene Michael has walked and fly to right field. 
action of the kids here today. The pitch. Bluff Bunn is in there. Strike ball. Yankees scored two in the second. White Sox three here in the top of the seventh. Bill Melton at third base guarding the line. Michael asked the time. Something had blown in his eye. Now Gene is ready. John Wine. A bouncing ball slowly to third. Melton up with it. Fires the first and it's one out. That Melton got as strong a throwing arm at third as any third baseman we've seen. Now Jerry Kenny who struck out and bounced to short. One man out, bottom of the seventh. On deck, Ron Hansen. So it looks like this is going to be all for Fritz Peterson. to Jerry, a curve over, strike call. Tommy John, who was in danger of being knocked out in the second inning, has settled down. Really done a job now. Curve fouled, left of the plate, strike two. Wayne Josephson chasing it all the way back. crowd here today. Matter of fact, they had to stop selling tickets. The two-strike pitch. Low and away. Great play by Josephson. Didn't know he had it. He's in the dirt way to his left. Walt Williams really playing shallow in left field for Jerry Kenny. Boy, he's riding back a short time. And there's a curve in the dirt back to the screen. That's Carlos May out there, Walt Williams in right. He is really shallow. Jerry can go that way. He's got pretty good power to left field, but with a left-hand pitcher out there, might be a little rough. Two balls, two strikes, one out. Check, swing, foul back on the screen. Jerry looking for the curve, and Tommy John busted one inside with a fastball. That ball stayed up on the screen, and there goes a couple of youngsters up there to try and get it. And they never do get it. The pitch, a bounce to second base. Bobby Knopp one-hands it. Throw to first in time, just in time to get Kenny. Two out. And now Ron Hansen. Hansen looking for his first base hit as a pinch hitter is 0 for 7. But he has had six walks and two runs batted in in a pinch hitting role. Well, Junk is about just about ready to give up trying to get that ball off the screen. Pitch to Hansen, curve low, ball one. Yeah, now the youngster has knocked it down on the field. Fastball is over, one and one. The one-one pitch, a bouncer out in front of the plate, foul ball. It hit Hanson, but he was in the batter's box. Josephson said he was out of it. two strikes. Two 
out, nobody on. Three to two, the White Sox are leading. We're in the bottom of the seventh. The one-two pitch hit high in the air to center field. Kenbury waves his arms. He's under it. Makes the catch. The Yankees go down in order. And at the end of seven full innings, it's the White Sox three, the Yankees two. It's tough. Why do people argue? Not because one person steps on another's toe, or because you say something one way and someone else takes it another way. People argue from a lack of love. So, in our own small way, we try to make up for that lack by putting love into our beer. How? If the grain we want isn't in Kansas, we'll get it somewhere else. That's love. If the domestic hops aren't up to snuff, we'll import them. That's love. Anything we have to do to get Utica Club the way we want it, we'll do. That's love. And no one argues over love. Well, the Yankees will have a new pitcher as we go to the top half of the eighth inning, so Chris Peterson cannot be the winner. And he could very well be the loser in this ball game with the score 3-2 to two in favor of the Chicago White Sox. Peterson goes seven innings. He was hit for seven hits, but two home runs. Three runs on seven hits in the seven innings that Chris Peterson worked. He gave up one base on ball. And he had one strikeout. Lindy McDaniel comes on for the New York Yankees. He has been outstanding this year for New York. McDaniel has a record of five and one. This will be his 22nd game. He's also saved five. Earned run average of 1.14 in 39 and a third innings. He's only walked three, struck out 28, and he's only given up five earned runs, six runs overall. He has been hit for two home runs, one of which by Harmon Killebrew beat him out of a ball game last Sunday. So McDaniel comes on with the Yankees trailing three to two as we get set for the top half of the eighth inning. And Tommy John has been tough today for the White Sox. Since the Yankees touched them up for three days, hits them a sacrifice fly in the second inning. Since that time, they've had two lonely singles, one by Peterson and one an infield hit by Roy White. All right, Louis Aparicio will lead it off against McDaniel. Lindy, 6'3", 196 pounds. Bob told you, having another fine year relieving his pitch to Louie, little low ball one. Aparicio almost went after it. McDaniel, who uh, suddenly this year has come up with a better than ever slider. He's always had the good fork ball. His fastball is faster this year. There's one just next to the corner, one on one. And Lindy very seldom, if ever, throws a straight fastball. It always does something. He winds. The 1-1 pitch just on the corner again. Man, he is nicking that corner, and I want to tell you, pinpointing it right there. All year long, McDaniel has been in that groove. Here's the 1-2 pitch, and this one is lined to left center. Roy White, though, with a bead is right there. Makes the catch. One out. So McDaniel that time had been pitching Aparicio away. He tried to bust one inside on him, but Louie was ready. He got good wood on him, but it's one out. 
And now Carlos May bounced to short, struck out, and single to center. May a stocky left-hand batter. McDaniel's pitch is in there, strike called. Carlos came into this game batting 305. Swing and a miss. He tried to check it, but he went around and has that ball dipping down again, keeping the hitters off stride. McDaniel uses the same motion for every one of his pitches. He kicks that leg in front of him. Jay, strike three. Munson drops the ball, tags him, and look at May. May is really arguing with George Maloney. The ball did look as though it were low and inside. But maybe that's because Munson dropped it. comes out to argue with him. And we mentioned yesterday the short fuse on Jake O'Donnell. Now Maloney's got Well, what May did is he dropped the bat and his cap right at the umpire's feet and started to walk away. And that was it. He was thrown out for the, the gesture or the move or whatever you want to call it. He took them both down right at home plate. Well, I tell you, out in Minnesota, I saw Ralph Hobb throw his hat and Dean Michael throw his hat and glove and they weren't checked out. Two out, Gutteridge leaves. May is out of the game, and now the batter Bill Melton is flying to right, walked, and popped to second. Right one, Melton checked his swing, but the ball nicked the corner. Daniel lines again. His pitch ground ball hits the third. Kenny one-hands it and fires the first for the out. So McDaniel does his job and does it well. Three up, three down. And at the end of seven and a half is Chicago three, the Yankees two. McDonald's has a surprise for you. A fish sandwich for people who think they wouldn't like a fish sandwich. McDonald's filet of fish Mild North Atlantic whitefish, crisp and golden outside, moist and tender inside. And it's topped off with a scoop of our own tangy tartar sauce. So, you think you could never like a fish sandwich? Try McDonald's filet of fish McDonald's is your kind of place. It isn't often that the American public gets a chance to vote for the car of their choice. Well, 600,000 Americans got their chance. In Car and Driver Magazine's Reader Poll, five out of the six winners were Chevrolets. Chevelle, the best intermediate sedan. Chevelle SS 396, SS 454, best road car. Camaro, best sporty car. And Corvette, best sports GT and best all-around car. Those are the facts. And the facts leave no doubt as to where you get more car for your dollars. See your Chevrolet dealer. Drive home a winner. Well, the White Sox leave the Yankees three to two, and John Matias will move in and play left field, replacing Carlos May, who got the bounce from home plate umpire George Maloney. By Horace Clark has three times bounced to third base, once into a double play. We get the announcement that this is probably the largest crowd in the major leagues for several years. Deep to left field. 
This one's going to tie up the ball game. A home run for Horace Clark on the first pitch from Tommy John in the bottom of the eighth. And the ball game is tied up just down the line and barely into the first row of box seats and fair by about 10 feet. 3-3 three, three the score. Seen here at Yankee Stadium as all the kids raise their bats in the stands, and we've got the capacity crowd on hand, and they're making a lot of new noise at the tie game. And here's Bobby Mercer, Phil. All right, Bobby Mercer, 0 for 3. Curve is in there, strike call. I tell you, that might have been a break for the Yankees. Carlos May being taken out of the game. That young man, first chance to play left field in this big ballpark, might not have been in the right spot. There's a pitch high, one on one. Carlos May is a fine outfielder and might have come up with that ball. Well, that will make Don Gutters and Carlos May that much matter because George Maloney threw him out. The 1-1 one -one pitch, swing and a miss. One ball, two strikes. out for the second time and that brings up Roy White who hit to the box fly to center and had an infield hit a 3-3 ball game in the bottom of the eighth and this big crowd has had quite a day today foul off the end of the bat back into the mezzanine and out of play strike one Bill Melton really guarding the line at third base on Roy White. Pitched by John outside, one one. Four o'clock, his third home run of the year and 19th run batted in. Outside, ball two, two and one. Three, three the score, bottom of the eighth. John's been in there all the way. Chris Peterson off the hook now. Outside ball three, three and one. One out, nobody on. On deck, Danny Cater. Here's the three-one pitch. Foul back and out of play upstairs. Full count, and he is pitching away from Roy White. Every pitch to Roy has either been on the outside corner of the plate or just missed the corner. Doesn't want to throw another pitch like he did to Horace Clark. Horace pulled it into the seats down the left field line to tie up the game. The payoff pitch. Outside, low ball four. And now Don Gutteridge is coming out. Walking slowly out to the mound. is not looking towards the bullpen. The hitter will be Danny Cato, who is one for three. Well, let's see how little Don Gutteridge plays this. Hasn't been too tough a ball game for Tommy John, as Bob mentioned. He had that one rough inning the second. 
It sets up a lot of possibilities for the Yankees, too, now with Roy White on first. And I'm sure Gutteridge wants to remind uh, Tommy John of the situation. He's coming back off the mound and still looking out to the bullpen. But John stays in. All right, Bob. And as we mentioned, possible steal, hit and run. McCraw holds the bag against Roy White. One out. Here's the stretch. Pitch to Kata. Check swing and it's low. Ball one. Danny shaking that left hand. A lot of times when you check a swing, you can either sprain a wrist or scratch your finger up. Now the left hand is set. Throw to first base. White is back. And listen to this crowd. 3-3 to score. Bottom of the eighth. The pitch to Dave. Bounce it back to the box. He wheels. Throws at Mauricio for one. Back to first. Double play. And the inning is over. A 1-6-3 double play. One run on one hit. No errors. Nobody left at the end of eight. It's the White Sox three, the Yankees three. All right. We're all even right here at Yankee Stadium. Capacity crowd tie ball game. Ninth inning. What else did you ask for? Yes, sir. That day included. Boy, I'd tell you. Really something, and this game, all the earmarks of an extra inning ball game. Dwayne Josephson has fly to center, hit to the box, and single to left field. He was on base when McCraw home it off the foul pole in right field in the seventh inning off Fritz Peterson. Fritz is out of the game. McDaniel is in there. Lindy McDaniel and Tommy John are the pitchers of record. Horace Clark tied up the game with his home run, leading off the bottom of the eighth. Right hand hitting Dwayne Josephson. McDaniel's pitch on the outside corner. Strike one call. McGraw is on deck. Lindy Wine just outside. One and one. One and one the count. fly to shallow center Bobby Mercer coming in sun shining on his glasses and he had trouble and made the play Bobby did not give any distress signal going after the ball but he started to stagger right at the end you could see the sun reflecting off his sunglasses but he held on to it one out and now McCraw pops the second fly to right hit the two run homer Lindy Wines, his curve is a little bit low, ball one. McGraw steps back, gets a little dirt. Fritz Peterson, by the way, worked those seven innings, giving up the three runs. As a hitter, though, he was one for one. Brings him up over 300 right now. The pitch is low, ball two, two and nothing. The 2-0 pitch is popped up in a shallow left field. Roy White digging, coming in, stops now, and makes the catch. So two soft flies, two out. Right now we pause for station identification. 
The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. Bob Gamir is going to carry you down the rest of the way, Bob. Bobby Knopf takes the pitch low for ball one. One ball and no strikes. Two outs here in the top half of the ninth inning in a tie ball game. One ball and no strikes to Bobby Knopf. The wind-up by McDaniel and the pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike one. One ball and one strike. Lindy McDaniel on the pitch for the Yankees. He's faced five men. He's gotten them all. Two outs in the ninth tie game. The kick, the pitch, strike two. It's called one ball and two strikes. Game is tied at 3-3. The White Sox and the Yankees. Bill's on his way downstairs to do a TV interview in the event the Yankees win it. As the bounding ball hits the shortstop, Michael Opelit, long throw to first. Got him and the side retired. So in the top half of the ninth inning, no runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left. We go to the all-exciting bottom half of the ninth inning. The White Sox three, the Yankees three. We are having a Brazilian Tau dance in celebration of the Brazilian Tau sale at your Atlantic service stations. Import a Brazilian bathhouse in an elegant jacquard weave for only a dollar twenty-nine. <laughs> oh, and the beach towel for only two ninety-nine. And get this, amigo, when you buy the Batman for only two forty-nine, you get a hand towel free. Yay, yay, yay! Each towel comes in avocado or gold. You can get one with every purchase of gasoline at a participating Atlantic station. Pretty soon, you'll have enough for your own Brazilian towel dance. Oh, you don't know how? It's simple. You dance to the rhythm of drying your back with a towel. No purchase required in New Jersey. All right, here we go to the bottom half of the ninth inning. Thurman Munson, Ron Woods, and Gene Michael Levatas for the Yankees. It's all tied up. Yankees had it for a long time, two to nothing. Then three runs on two homers for the White Sox in the seventh. And Horace Clark homer on the first pitch in the bottom of the eighth. We go to the bottom of the ninth, tied up, a capacity crowd at Yankee Stadium. Thurman Munson, right-handed batter. It's his birthday. What a setup this is right now. Capacity crowd, your birthday, bottom of the ninth, and tied up. It's almost too much to dream about. Munson, the batter, and Tommy John, who's got all the way on the mound. John goes into the windup. Around comes the arm, the pitch, strike one, it's called. No balls and one strike. Left-hander, barreled in the curveball. All in one to Thurman. Munson on his birthday, a single bounce to short and drew an intentional walk. John's given up six hits. The windup, the pitch, Munson takes strike two, just above the knees on the outside corner. No balls and two strikes. Thurman didn't like the call and says so to umpire George Maloney. Munson out of the batter's box. Game is tied here at the stadium, 3-3. Three, three. Bottom of the ninth. Seven hits for the White Sox, six for the Yankees. The windup, the 0-2 pitch. Low, ball one, one and two. 
Elsewhere, Baltimore and Milwaukee are tied up at the end of four. Now Baltimore has gotten a run on the top of the fifth, so make a 3-2 Baltimore after four and a half. One ball, two strikes, the pitch to Munson. Swing and a bounding ball to shortstop. Aparicio belt high has it. Throw to first in time, and there's one out. So Thurman Munson bounces out to shortstop Aparicio for the first out of the bottom of the ninth inning. That'll bring up Ron Woods. He got a base hit to drive in the first Yankee run. Then bounce to the box and slide out to right field. Mentioning Milwaukee, Steve Hovey was late for the ball game, I believe, uh, Thursday night. Was fined, has refused to pay the fine. Here's the pitch to Woods. Swing and a bound to the shortstop. It's going to be cut off by the no. Goes to Aparicio. Throw to first out. What a play by Aparicio. Melton missed the ball, the third baseman. Aparicio got it, made the throw, and he just got Ron Woods. Two outs. Hopefully refused to pay the fine. This is according to uh, Mob Albert at WHN, sports director, who calls with the story. So hopefully is not playing in that game today. And the Brewers now say they're going to trade him. Two outs, and here's Gene Michael, batting right-handed. The wind-up, the pitch. Strike one, it's called, 0-1. We're tied up in the bottom of the ninth. Two outs, nobody on. Hopefully had uh, quite a write-up in Jim Bounton's book. Here's the wind-up and the pitch. Line drive hit out of the second, and it's in the center field for a base hit. Barry coming in the field of all, throws on in the second, and Gene Michael keeps it alive with a base hit to center. Two outs now for the Yankees, winning run on first, and Jerry Kenny, who's 0 for 3 against the left-hander, steps in. Tommy John has had Jerry Kenny's number so far. But Jerry, looking to break out of it, came into the game hitting 207. The lead by Michael, the pitch. Kenny takes inside for ball one. As Phil mentioned the last time he was up, they play him very shallow in left field. The last time it was Carlos May, but now it's Matias who's out there. Carlos May was thrown out of the game for arguing. Actually, he dropped his helmet and his bat on home plate, which uh, was the immediate cause of the ejection. There's been a delay in announcing the attendance. However, Bob Fischel has just announced the approximate paid attendance, 66,000. That'll be the biggest crowd since June 20th of 1965. Throw to first and Michael gets back. So 66,000 paid here at the stadium. Hope to see you out here for the Twin Series Tuesday night and Wednesday night. The pitch to Kenny. Low and outside ball two. It's two and oh. Lindy McDaniel is on deck. It's three three in the bottom of the ninth. Three runs and seven hits for both teams. Melvin playing in tight at third. In fact, he's in front of the bag by a yard. At Parisio over towards second. 2-0 to Jerry Kenny. Throw to first and Michael gets back. Gene Michael representing the winning run on first base. And two balls and no strikes to Jerry Kenny. As the stretch on the mound by John. Here it comes. There it goes. A pop-up foul coming back and onto the screen. Two and one. Yankees in a spot now where one long hit can win the ball game. Bottom of the ninth and a 3-3 score. 
Tommy John shakes off one side. Now he takes the next to the belt. The pitch. Low ball three and it's three and one. Three balls and one strike. We'll have to wait and see how Ralph House plays it if Jerry Kenny gets a walk. Chances are he'll go for the pinch hitter. But that, of course, will mean McDaniel will be out of the ball game. But a base hit, and it wouldn't make any difference. Three and one. The runner goes, and there's a bounding ball. Hits the second. Michael stops. Puts it go by him. Now the throw to first by Knopp. In time, and the side's retired. So they played hit and run three and one, and Kenny bounces out. No runs, one hit, no errors, and a man left. So we go to extra innings before a crowd of over 66,000 with the score. The Yankees three and the White Sox three. Let's look at the scoreboard. Baltimore leads Milwaukee by a score of three to two after four and a half. Cuellar still on the mound for Baltimore. Baldwin has relieved Patton in that game. They put on the wire. Robinson, number eight. We're not sure which one. Boog Powell, number 16. Ted Savage is hit number four. Minnesota leads Washington seven to three. That was Frank Robinson, we get it. Frank Robinson at the home run for Baltimore. Boswell against Brunette, Minnesota at Washington. They're both long gone. It's seven to three. Minnesota leads Washington. Rich Reese hit a home run with the bases loaded in the sixth inning. And don't forget, the Twins will be in here Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Bob Shepard on the PA has just announced the paid attendance here at the stadium. Boston leading Kansas City 6-4 after six innings of play. That's the largest major league crowd in the past five years. Largest crowd anywhere in the past five years. And they've had back days and ball days and what have you in the other places as well. Kelly hit number three, Hernandez hit number two in that ball game. That's the first of two. And the Red Sox lead Kansas City six to four after six. Cleveland and California hand against Mr. Smith. In the National League, the Reds lead the Mets eight to one after five and a half. Lee Mayer's hit number 15 and Johnny Bench number 18. Pittsburgh beat the Dodgers three to one. Philadelphia leads Houston five nothing after three and a half. Montreal leads Atlanta six to one after six. The Cubs over the Giants, 4-2 after 5. And San Diego over St. Louis, 7-1 after 5.5. Ken Berry leads off the 10th inning. McDaniel kicks, delivers. The ball bunted down the third baseline. Rolling foul, strike one. No balls in one strike. the count. Barry comes back after Bunning foul. We're in the top of the 10th inning at Yankee Stadium. Three runs, seven hits, and no errors for the White Sox. Three runs, seven hits, one error for the Yankees. The error insignificant in the ball game by Roy White in left field after a base hit. Allowed the runner to go to second, but he died on the bases. Pitch on the outside corner for the call strike two. McDaniel's been getting that outside corner, and Maloney's been calling him strike. No balls and two strikes. McDaniel in the windup, the pitch. Swing and a check swing, top fly. Horace Clark back on the grass, under it, one out. Ken Berry checks the swing and pops it up, and there's one out. Well, Tommy John is scheduled to bat. Walt No Neck Williams is in the on deck circle. 
Now let's see if John comes out of the dugout. I don't believe that's Tommy John. It's Hopkins. Gail Hopkins will pinch hit. So Tommy John is out after pitching nine fine innings, giving up three runs on seven hits. The arithmetic on Gail Hopkins, 333 batting average, one home run, one triple, and four doubles. So Gail Hopkins comes up with a 333 average. Batting for Tommy John. So we'll have a relief pitcher for the White Sox. And when you talk about the White Sox and relief, you automatically think of Wilbur Wood. He pitched in relief yesterday. The windup. The pitch. Hopkins left-handed batter takes inside for ball one. One ball and no strike. Also have Danny Murphy out in the bullpen as a possibility. We're on the top of the 10th. It's 3-3. Three, three. The windup and the pitch. In there for the call strike and it's one and one. One ball, one strike. Yankees three, White Sox three. White Sox up in the 10th with one out. McDaniel kicks delivers. Fastball, swing and a miss. One ball and two strikes. What a job McDaniel has done for the Yankees. He's had decisions in the last two Sundays. Two weeks ago in Cleveland, he won both games with a doubleheader. Last week, beaten by Killebrew. Check swing, top foul, out of play, third base side into the lower deck. And the count holds one ball and two strikes. McDaniel's earned run average, 1.14. But the statistic that really tells the story, three walks and 28 strikeouts. One ball, two strikes, one out, nobody on. The pinch hitter Hopkins, the batter, the pitch, just outside, and it's two and two. Fork ball really dropped that time, but it missed outside. Two balls and two strikes. The Yankees will have Bonson and Stottlewire in the twin series. The windup, the 2-2 pitch, Hopkins swing, bounding ball, pass third in the left field for a base hit. Coming in the field, it is Roy White. Throws on in the second. Hopkins, after a big turn, goes back to first. That ball just passed Jerry Kenny. Michael, the shortstop, was over by second base and went between them for a base hit. So the White Sox have a life in the top of the 10. The first hit off Lindy McDaniel, and Walt Williams is going back. And we may be seeing a pinch hitter for Walt Nonek Williams. Either that or he went back to get another bat or something. We'll just have to wait and see. Williams has not had a hit in this series in three ball games. Today he's 0 for 4. In the series, he's 0 for 11. Somebody's coming into the bullpen. Ed Herman, the catcher, is coming in from the bullpen. Bring his glove with him. Let's see if he's going to hit. See somebody else fiddling around over at the bat rack. Meantime, McDaniel's throwing some wall-up pitches down to Thurman Munson. 3-3 the score, top of the 10th at the stadium. And we're still waiting to see who comes out of that White Sox dugout. be Ed Herman being uh, take his time after the run in from the bullpen out left center field. It is Ed Herman coming out of the dugout. 
Herman with a batting average of 275, three doubles, five home runs. And Ed Herman, who did the catching here on Friday night, will do the hitting in the top half of the tenth inning. So Walt Williams is out of the ball game, and that'll mean another outfielder for the White Sox in the bottom half of the tenth inning. McGraw could always move to the outfield if they needed them, but they also have Blanco and Bradford. Ed Herman, a catcher, a left-handed hitting batter. So they pinched hit a left-hander Hopkins, and he got a base hit. So Don Gutteridge going with the percentages again. Lindy McDaniel, who will be the leadoff man on the bottom of the tent, looks in to get the sign, goes to the belt, the pitch. In there for the call strike, and what a drop that one had. No balls and one strike. 3-3, three, three, top of the tenth. The White Sox have a runner on and one out. Horace Clark, eighth inning home run, tied it up. The stretch by McDaniel, checked Hopkins. The pitch, swing and a foul at the plate, strike two. No balls and two strikes. 0-2 oh the count. Luis Aparicio on deck. And remember, Matias has moved into the number three spot after replacing Carlos May. Oh, and two the count. Clock way over in the hole. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Just missed low for ball one. Start the swing held up and the pitch was low. One ball and two strikes. Right now, a beautiful afternoon for baseball and a beautiful ball game. A lot of beautiful people at the ballpark, 66,000 worth. Here's the pitch. Outside, it's two and two. Two balls, two strikes, one out. Hopkins on first. Tie game in the 10th. McDaniel now has thrown two balls following two strikes. To the belt goes Lindy. The pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. So Herman strikes out, pinch hitting. And it'll leave it up to Luis Aparicio. Looks as if uh, Lindy McDaniel and Thurman Munson thought that was the third out. They started to walk off, and Gene Michael was following them. One more, gentlemen. Luis Aparicio, the batter. Two outs. Hopkins on first. It's no wonder with the delay we had waiting for Herman to come out. Pinch hit. Here's the stretch. The pitch to Aparicio. High ball one. Louis fakes the bunt. Jerry Kenny's playing back at third, but he can cover a lot of ground and fast. So can Aparicio. One and over the count. Hopkins on at first. Tie game top of the tenth and two outs. Yankees, as we mentioned, will be leading it off with McDaniel in the bottom of the tenth. Lindy to the bell. The pitch to Aparicio. He attempts to bunt and he misses. Strike one. One on one. Kenny daring him to lay it down. And Luis was going for it. Look at him. He's looking down at Jerry Kenny right now. And Kenny's just looking right back. Got his glove off and hands on his hip. If I had to make a bet right now, I'd say he's going to try to bunt again. Here's the stretch. The kick. The pitch. Check swing and it's a ball outside. Two and one. Now Aparicio looks down to Billy Adair, the third base coach. John Matias on deck. Two and one the count. 
McDaniel checks the runner. Here's the pitch. Strike three. It's called. He caught the outside corner. Check that. Two and two. Two balls and two strikes. Check swing on the previous pitch. And the one bun attempt. So it's two and two. Lindy needs one more on Aparicio. Checks the runner. And the pitch. Swinging a little pop-up behind first base. Cater going back. He's under it. Foul ground. He makes the catch. So McDaniel and Munson thought there were three outs. Then I thought there were three outs. And finally, there are three outs. No runs, one hit, no errors, and a man left. We go to the bottom of the tenth. The White Sox three, the Yankees three. got a lot of changes for the White Sox as we mentioned the possibility McCraw has moved out to play right field so the right fielder will still be batting in the number six spot Tommy McCraw Hopkins moves in to play first base and Wilbur Wood will be on the mound in pitching Wilbur Wood will be batting first where Walt Williams is batting and Hopkins will be batting in the number nine spot and playing first base. So first of all, let's take first things first and set the White Sox defensively because that's what they'll be here in this inning. Hopkins is the first baseman. Knopf stays in at second. Shortstop Aparicio, Melton at third. Matias in left. Berry in center. And McCraw moves to right field. Josephson is still the catcher. The batter for the Yankees, Lindy McDaniel. Bottom half of the 10th inning, it's tied up at 3-3. Wilbur Wood winds, knuckleball, swinging and a strike one. Wilbur Wood, last year 10-11, the preceding year 13-12. Originally came up with the Red Sox. The windout, the lefty delivers to McDaniel. Knuckleball in the dirt, it's low, 1-1. One one. Wood had trouble winning for Boston. One year he had an earned run average of 16 and a half. Then he went to Pittsburgh, still had his problems. Then he went to the White Sox, and he found it. Pitches low for ball two, two and one. Wood pitched in yesterday's ball game. His record this year, two and six. McDaniel swings, and he misses strike two. Two balls and two strikes. Lindy McDaniel and Wilbur Wood, and it's each man's game to win or lose. McDaniels had one hit in seven at-bats. He swings and misses strike three. So Lindy McDaniels strikes out to lead off the bottom half of the 10th inning. But here's the man, the last man to score in this game, Horace Cross, who home at the tie up in the eighth inning. Clock the batter. The game the other night against the Royals, he broke up a no-hitter in the ninth, and then won over the sacrifice fly in the twelfth. Tonight, or this afternoon, he has tied it up with a home run in the eighth, now batting in the tenth. The pitch, line drive, face hit. It's over the field, rolling down the left field corner. The tears coming over the field at Clark, going to try to go for second. Here comes the throw. Clark hits the dirt. He is out. John Matias in left field played that one perfectly. A line drive hit like a rocket over third and down the line. Matias came over, played the perfect time off the wall, and threw a strike to second. 
So Horace Clark singles, but he is out. Matias to the second baseman, Canal. Two out. And here's Bobby Mercer. Clark hit that first pitch again. The pitch to Mercer in there for the call strike. That looked like a sure double, and Matias, who was playing because Carlos May was thrown out of the game for arguing, made a fine play. The 0 1 pitch. Mercer at the line drive to right field. Coming in is McCraw. He dives against the clean his legs. All the way out to the fence. He isn't 44 feet away. Mercer the second and he holds up. A beautiful backup by Berry. The center fielder backed up the play. Pointed off the 344 foot sign. And it goes as a double for Bobby Mercer. McCraw had just moved to right field. Tried for the shoestring catch and didn't get anything but the air. It went right by him for a double. It scored as a single and an error. A single and an error. All right, here's Roy White with a chance to win it. Let's see if they pitch to him. The winning run on second. Two outs, bottom half of the 10th inning. 66,000 fans. They're on their feet. They're going to pitch to Roy White. Woods with a stretch. The pitch. Swing and a little bounding ball down the third baseline. It's a lot of trouble. Melton picks it up. No play, no play. <laughs> On to third base with the winning run goes Bobby Mercer. And it'll be Danny Cater, the batter. How do you like this for excitement? A lot of times you get a big crowd and the game turns into a judge. This has had all the excitement that you could ask for. 66,000 fans on their feet. 50,000 bats in the air. And Danny Cater stepped up with a chance to win it. On third base, Bobby Mercer. Roy White on first to stretch. The pitch to Cater. Strike one is called. He gave him a knuckleball. No balls in one strike. White's run doesn't mean anything. He's floating off first. Mercer down the line at third. The stretch. Here's the pitch. Swing and a ground ball to shortstop. After he threw up with it. The throw to second. Out. And we go to the 11. Wow. For the Yankees in the 10th inning. No runs. Three hits. One error. And two men left on base. At the end of 10, the White Sox three and the Yankees three. Well, if you're planning your summer activities, now is the time to investigate the facilities of the most famous of all ballparks, and it jams the capacity today, Yankee Stadium. Whether you're out for fun or recreation, employee party nights, or a charitable benefit, there's nothing quite like a Yankee ball game. Box seats, reserve seats, we have them all, and there's an added plus. It's one of the few places where you can bring the kids along. No group is too small, and no party is too large. So while good seats are still available for both ball games, we urge you to write for a free booklet. Or if you wish, feel free to contact the group sales department at 293-6000. Make this year's outing a combination of good fellowship and good baseball. McDaniel gets set to pitch in the top half of the 11th inning. Close, but no cigar for the Yankees in the bottom half of the 10th. Three hits and that arrow by McGraw. 
But the White Sox played it well. They didn't give up any intentional walk, and they got away with it. They pitched to the cleanup batter, Cater, and they got him. And with a knuckleball around the mound. John Mateus, the batter, top of the 11th. McDaniel kicks, delivers. Swing and a ground ball, foul, strike one. Over by Jim Foley's box. Jim still here enjoying the ball game. Big straw hat. Active in politics, Tammany Hall for so many years. Right now, a member of the New York State Harness Racing Commission. No balls in one strike. McDaniel to Matea. Swing and a high fly ball. Short right center. Here comes Woods. Here comes Mercer. Woods is there. He's got it. One out. John Mateus flies out to right, and now on Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. Here's Bill Melton, the third baseman, who's come up with several fine plays. McDaniel delivers. In that, strike one. Melton's had a habit in this series of uppercutting the ball a lot. He's popped up quite a few times, twice in today's game. He can hit him, though. Here's the pitch. Low and outside for a ball, and it's one and one. Nice, refreshing breeze here at the stadium. Right now, it's blowing in. One and one the count. Tie game in the 11th. Lindy McDaniel, kick. Right-handed deliver. Swing and a miss, strike two. And he was cutting for Yonkers. One ball and two strikes. Three runs, ten hits, one error for the Yankees. Three runs, eight hits, one error for the White Sox. Yankees looking to sweep the series and make it six in a row. But the White Sox fighting them to the wire. The one-two pitch. Swing and a foul ball. Went for an outside pitch and just did get his bat on. And the count holds at one and two. Yankees in extra inning games are three and three. One and two the count. The pitch to Melton. Swing and a foul ball back to the backstop and the count holds at one and two. White Sox in extra inning games. Let's see, one run games. They've won five and lost ten. Trying to see if they have extra inning games in their sheet here. One ball and two strikes. And the pitch. Swing, line, drive, foul. Third base side. Ball ricochets back out on the playing field. And Paul Coro, the ball boy down the left field line, goes out to get it. For some reason or other, they've left the extra inning games off the uh, White Sox statistics sheet. And we get an idea from the one-run games. They've won five and lost ten. Strike three. Bill Melton goes down on strikes for the second out in the 11th. Bill Melton strikes out for the second out, and Wayne Josephson, the catcher, steps in. Josephson is one for four. Three-three the score in the top of the 11th. McDaniel came on in the eighth inning. And only one man has reached base. That was a single by the pinch hitter Hopkins. McDaniel to Josephson. Curve just outside for ball one. 
McDaniel's pitched the 12 men. He's gotten 11 of them. High game in the 11th. Two outs, nobody on. Lindy kicks. Delivers. In there for the call. Strike is one and one. I want to tell you, he's got a groove on that outside corner to the right-handed batters in this game, and he's just been picking it off. One ball, one strike, and two outs. The windup and the pitch. Outside for a ball, and it's two and one. Wayne Josephson, the batter. 3-3 three, three in the 11th. McDaniel into the windup. He kicks, delivers, swing, and a foul ball coming back, and it hits the facade right above our heads and bounces back on the playing field. Two and two, the count. Unofficial attendance figure today, 66,000 paid. And they're seeing quite a ball game. McDaniel looks in to get the sign. Goes into the windup, the 2-2 pitch. Fastball, swing and a miss, strike three. For McDaniel, two strikeouts in the 11th inning. No runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left on. And look at Lindy McDaniel trot off the mound. He doesn't walk off, he trots off. We go to the bottom of the 11th, the White Sox three and the Yankees three. Maybe you don't want to give away your age, but uh, you can probably remember the days when you phoned the grocery store with your food list and they delivered, when bicycles were bought all assembled, when doctors made house calls. <laughs> Sound good? Well, every time you get a yearning for old-fashioned service again, drive to your nearest Atlantic station and buy gasoline. Then watch them go to work with all their great little extras, you know, like cleaning the windshield, checking the oil level, the radiator, the battery all free services and you'll enjoy the way they look out for your well-being in other ways too if replacements are required the atlantic men do it with top flight replacement brands and it's all done effortlessly and in good spirits now please understand this isn't a knock at modern self-service but you have to admit you'll enjoy a little old-fashioned atlantic pampering too This is Bob Gavir along with Phil Rizzuto and Frank Messer from jam-packed Yankee Stadium. Bottom half of the 11th inning, and the game is tied at 3-3. Coming up for the Yankees, Thurman Munson, Ron Woods, and Gene Michael. In the event, Munson doesn't hit it out of the park. It's all tied up. And again, what a spot for Thurman on his birthday, leading off the bottom of the 11th. Yankees came close last inning. Clark singled down the line and a fine recovery of the ball by Matias. And Clark was out trying to stretch it. Then Mercer singled, and when the ball went through McGraw on right field, he went to second. Went to third on White's infield hit, but was stranded when Danny Cater, for one of the few times this year, grounded out with the winning run in position. All right, Munson the battle. Wilbur Wood winds the left-handed delivers. Munson runs up to Bunny, takes outside ball one. One ball and no strike. 3-3 three, three in the bottom of the 11th. Wilberwood into the windup. In comes the pitch. Inside, ball two. Two balls and no strike. Baltimore and Milwaukee, they played six. And the Orioles lead three to two. Two balls, no strike. The windup, the pitch. Munson takes outside for ball three. So the count is 3-0 on Thurman Munson leading off in the bottom of the 11th. 
Wilbur Wood on the mound. In relief of Tommy John, this is the second inning for Wood. The 3-0 windup, and pitch, fastball in there for the call strike. Actually called that a straight ball. It wasn't too fast. Three and one. Wood throws almost exclusively the knuckleball. Wilbur has the sign, goes into the windup, the pitch to Munson. On the outside corner, strike two, it's called. Munson started the first, but he has to come back. Three and two, the count to Thurman Munson. Munson leading off the 11th, a tie ball game. It's been tied since the bottom of the eighth when Clark hit the first pitch for a home run. Tied it up at 3-3. Yankees had led 2-0, then 3-2 White Sox. 3-3 tie ball game, and that's where we are right now. Three and two to Munson. Here's the windup and the pitch. Swing it, I'll come back right to the mound. Wilberwood has it. Throw to first, one out. So Munson was ahead 3-0, but Wilberwood stayed right with him and got him to bounce out. One out, and here's Ron Woods. He singles, bounced to the box, slides right, and bounced to shortstop. Woods with one hit and one RBI. Ron has hit four home runs this year. He hasn't hit one in a while. Here's the windup and the pitch. Knuckleball, strike one. Lindy McDaniel and Wilbur Wood, two of the fine relief pitches in baseball. Dueling in the 11th. The pitch to Wood, outside. Now this is Wilbur Wood on the mound and Ron Woods at that. So it's Wood to Woods, one and one. Wood, winds, delivers. Wood, swings, fly ball to center field. Barry goes back, turns, he's waiting for it. And he makes the catch for the second out. So a very quiet 11th inning after a very exciting 10th inning. Two up and two down, and here's the stick, Gene Michael. Michael has walked, slide to right, hit to third and singles. Singles with two outs in the ninth. Three-three in the bottom of the eleventh. Wilbur Woods winds, delivers, swinging a foul ball back to the backstop, strike one. Tuesday night the Minnesota Twins and Wednesday night the Minnesota Twins. Bonson and Stolomeyer will go for the Yankees. The pitch to Michael. Swing and a miss. Strike two. No balls and two strikes. Group on hand from Williamsport, Pennsylvania here today. The site of the Little League World Series. Two outs, two strikes. Bottom of the 11th in a tie game. Wilbur Wood winds. The knuckleballer delivers. Michael swings. Bounding ball in the hope as we turn and shot. Aparicio has it. The long throw. It's going to be close. Safe. Throw came on one bounce, and Gene Michael beats it out for a base hit. And so with two outs and the winning run on first, here's Jerry Kenny. In the same situation as the ninth inning, except the pitcher was Tommy John, a left-hander at that point. And John will be throwing, or rather Wood, a left-hander, will now be throwing to Kenny here on the bottom of the 11. Kenny worked him to a three-and-one count in the ninth against John and then grounded out on the hit and run play. Michael with the lead. The knuckleballer delivers. Low ball one. Now you could expect Michael to go in this situation because you have a knuckleball around the mound and it's very difficult to handle it. Incidentally, Pete Ward is on deck to bat for McDaniel if Kenny keeps going. The 1-0 stretch. Throw to first and Michael gets back. 
Michael has two stolen bases. The stretch. Throw to first, and Michael's back again. Pete Ward was really wrapping him out of the park in batting practice, putting on a show for the big crowd that had come early. Here's the 1-0 stretch and the pitch. Kenny takes strike one, gave him the curve. One and one. Left-handed batter against the left-handed pitcher. Yankees have used Ron Hanson in a pinch-hitting role. Johnny Ellis is not here. One and one the count. And they've got Michael picked off. The throw to first. Now it's Bobble. The throw to second. He's safe. Hopkins Bobble the throw at first. Wood had him picked off. Michael broke the second. Hopkins bobbled it. By the time he got the handle and threw it, it was too late. It's an error on Hopkins. One and one the count to Kenny. Here's the stretch. And the pitch. Swing long drive to right. The kid way back, but going back as the right fielder under it, and McCall makes the catch. Jerry Kenny got good wood on the ball, and for Jerry, that's great wood. He is not a power hitter. He's only had one homer, and he belted it, but McCall went back, and he caught it. No runs, one hit, one error, one left. To the 12th, the Yankees three, the White Sox three. This is Flagmaster, voice of the Yankees. Here's a quick quiz about baseball. Ready? Okay, what do these three terms mean? Change up, drip, Baltimore chop. Well, that was pretty easy, right? Because where baseball's concerned, you know what you're talking about. Now try these. Goofballs, Jolly Beans, Bombita. How'd you do that time? Did you know these words are all popular names for dangerous drugs? You should know them to keep away from them. There's a lot more you should know about drugs and what they can do to you, too. Don't guess about drugs when you can have the facts. For answers to many questions about drugs, write for this booklet. Answers to questions about drug abuse to the National Clearinghouse for Drug Abuse Information, Box 1701, Washington, D.C., 20013. We get set for the top half of the 12th inning, and it's all tied up. The White Sox and the Yankees. Yankees have had that when they run in scoring position a couple times now, but they've been unable to bring him in. And Lindy McDaniel goes out to pitch in the 12th. He would have been taken out for a pinch hitter because D. Ward was on deck. But Kenny flat out deep, gave it the big try, but a big out. Top of the 12th, and Tom McCraw steps in. McCraw is top to second, fly to right, hit a home run, and fly to left. He's yet to hit the ball on the ground. Hit a two-run homer in the seventh inning. The windup and the pitch. McCraw takes ball one. It's outside. One ball and no strike. Now McCraw backs out. Steps back into the batter's box. 3-3 three, three the score on the top of the 12th. The Yankees and the White Sox. McDaniel kicks, delivers. Swing and a bouncer foul outside of first down the right field line. And the count is even at one ball and one strike. Three runs, eight hits, and two errors for the White Sox. Three runs, 11 hits, and one error for the Yankees. McDaniel came on in the eighth inning, now working in the 12th. 
One ball, one strike. He kicks, delivers fastball, low for ball, two, two and one. McDaniel, the scheduled batter in the bottom of the 12. And since this is the longest he's gone all year, chances are, regardless of what happens here, he'll be lifted. The count, two and one. The windup and the pitch. Swing and the ball nubbed down the left field line. It's slicing. Is it going to be fair? It is. Fair by a yard. And it hits a kid's bat and goes into the ground rule double. One of the fans down there had his bat sticking out. The ball hit the bat and it goes into the ground rule double for Tom McCraw. So the White Sox have a runner on second with nobody out in the top half of the 12th inning. He would have had a double anyhow. McCraw on second, nobody out, and it brings up Bobby Knopf. And let's see how the Yankees elect to play it. And also, let's see how the White Sox elect to play it. Knopf the batter. This is what makes baseball so interesting when you think of the possibilities here. Yankees playing for the bunt. Here's the pitch. He squares around, attempts to bunt, and misses strike one. That fork ball with a big drop on it. And he missed that one. 0 and 1. Horace Clark was over to cover first. Cato was coming in. Kenny was coming in from third. So the White Sox have a man on second. McCraw, nobody out at the top of the 12th. 0 and 1 the count. McDaniel goes to the belt. Here's the pitch. He squares around, attempts to bunt, misses. Strike two. Kanoff is the number seven hitter. Ken Berry is scheduled to bat next. And then Gail Hopkins, the first baseman, who is batting in the ninth spot. Wood is batting uh, in the number one spot with the juggling of the batting order. All into the count, the stretch by McDaniel, McCraw with the lead. Here's the pitch, swing and a ball hit back past the box. Clark over to get it and it goes through his arm. And here comes McCraw around third, he's gonna try and score. He does score the throw to second and out at second base is the batter, Bobby Knopf. But it's Chicago four and the Yankees three. McDaniel tried to flag it down. He missed it. Clark had an easy play at first base, but the ball went through his glove. And we'll have to wait for the scoring. It's scored as a base hit and an error. So they give him a hit and an error on Clark. No RBI. And it's 4-3 to three, the White Sox. Here's Ken Berry now with one out. The kick and the pitch. He bunts down the third baseline. It goes foul. Very alert base running by McCraw and very fine coaching by Billy Adair. Clark might have been thinking of a play at third base because McCraw was on his way to third and perhaps Clark had his eye on him when he misplayed the ball. But then it just rolled out in the short center and McCraw had no trouble scoring. Clark threw it into Michael and they got the runner going in the second. There's a swing and a pop foul to the lower deck for a stay side. No balls and two strikes. So the Yankees trail now four to three in the top of the 12. One out, nobody on, and Ken Berry the batter. The count on him is 0-2. The windup and the pitch. Outside on the one ball and two strikes. The Yankees had a lot of opportunities to win this. The ninth inning, they had a man on with two outs. Tenth inning, they had the best chance. Had runners on first and third. Here's the pitch. Swing and a high pop-up. Hit down the right field line. Cater going back. He won't get it. It's in the seat. 
Looking forward to the bottom half of the 12th inning. The Yankees will have a pinch hitter for McDaniel. Then Horace Clark and Bobby Mercer. Four to three, the White Sox lead at top of the 12. The windup and the pitch. Swing and a line drive, base hit to right field. Ron Woods fielding the ball, making the turn to Ken Berry. The throw back in behind him. They've got him, but the ball gets away. Clemson picks it up, throw to second, and he's safe. Ron Woods caught Berry making a big turn, but the ball went under Cater's balls. Munson backed it up, but his throw to second was not in time. It'll be scored as a single. And we'll wait for the call on the error. Here's Hopkins, batting in the number nine spot, the first baseman. Pinch hit in the 10th inning and singled and stayed in the ball game. Got the hit off McDaniel. This has been the longest McDaniel's been asked to go. Here's the stretch and the pitch. Low ball one. McDaniel would have been out if the Yankees had gotten one more batter up to the bat last inning because Ralph Hawk was ready to pinch hit Pete Ward. Cater is charged with an error. Here's the pitch. Outside for a ball and it's 2-0. Hopkins the batter, two balls and no strikes. Ken Berry on second. And one out. White Sox have taken a 4-3 lead in the top of the 12. Lindy McDaniel has been in there since the eighth inning. Now steps off. White Sox have a run in. A man on second and one out. McDaniel goes to the bell. The 2-0 pitch to Hopkins. In there for the call. Strike it's 2-1. Wilbur Wood on deck for the White Sox. There's the stretch by McDaniel. And the pitch. Swing and a bounding ball to first. Kate, a big hop over his head. He gets it. Steps on the bag. Moving over to third is Ken Berry. There are now two outs. And Berry on third. Score that one. The first baseman unassisted. Berry on third with two outs. And here's Wilbur Wood, who right now stands to be the winning pitcher if he can stop the Yankees in the bottom of the 12. Four to three, Chicago. Top of the 12. Berry down the line at third. Here he comes. Here's the throw, and he is out at home. And Munson bowls him over. He tried to bowl over Munson, and Munson just stood there and gave him the half. And Berry now says something to the umpire, George Maloney, and Gutteridge comes out. They were claiming a ball. McDaniel just straightened up and threw the ball home, and he didn't have a chance. Berry tried to steal home. Gutteridge is going at it with Maloney. Claiming that there was a balk, but he's out at home, and Munson just stood right up to him. And now Barry kicks his helmet over to the dugout, but he goes out to play center field. Gutteridge still going at it with played up by Maloney. But for the White Sox, one run, three hits, two errors, and nobody left on base. What a game this has been. To the bottom of the 12th, and it's not over yet. Chicago 4 and New York 3. 
to the bottom half of the 12th inning. The White Sox lead it 4-3. to three. Pete Ward batting for McDaniel. Wilbur Wood delivers in the half of the call strike. No balls and one strike. Pete Ward didn't like the call. Turns around to argue with George Maloney, the home plate umpire. He's still standing there arguing with him. Pete has one home run, a huge blast, and he hit in Milwaukee to tie it up. And he was bombing them out of here in batting practice today. Ward batting 208, the wind up by Wood, double pump and pitch. In there, strike two, gave him the curveball. No balls and two strikes. The wind up, the 0-2 pitch, outside one and two. Wilbur Wood wasting no time. He's just getting the ball and firing it in. Not really firing, he's knuckling it in. One and two the count. Don't forget the Twins will be here Tuesday night and Wednesday night. The windup. The one-two pitch to Ward. Swing and a miss, strike three. Pete Ward strikes out. One out for the Yankees in the bottom of the 12th. And Horace Clark will be coming up. Well, Horace tied it up once. He had a home run in the eighth inning to tie the game at 3-3. Right now, it's 4-3 Chicago. Batting right-handed against the left-hander Wilbur Wood. The wind-up and the pitch. Clark swings and misses from the bat. Goes into the Chicago dugout. No balls and one strike. He fouls, hit the ball at the plate, and the bat went into the dugout. White Sox lead it four to three. Bottom of the twelve. Yankees have fought back once, and they had a couple of fine chances to win it. But now the White Sox have the edge. Horace Clark batting with one out. The 0-1 windup and the pitch. Low outside for a ball with the knuckler and it's one and one. Wood has given up just two home runs so far this year. Here's the pitch. Swinging a bounding ball back through the box. That free show dive. Can't get it at the base at the center field. Clark makes the turn, he holds on, and that's the third consecutive base hit for Horace Clark. So Horace Clark, who can run, is on at first with one out here in the bottom of the 12. And most of the crowd of 66,000 still on hand and making a lot of noise. The kids are all holding their bats up. They want the Yankees to pull it out. The White Sox lead 4-3. to three. That one by Clark had eyes as it went up the middle. Bobby Mercer today bounced out to first twice, struck out twice. Last time up line to single the right field and went to second when the ball got by McCraw. McCraw playing deep. Mercer steps out. It's time. Time out. White Sox with a run on the top of the 12th to take a 4-3 lead. The Yankees are up at the bottom of the 12th. Horace Clark, who can move, is off first. There's the stretch. The pitch. Mercer takes low and away. Ball one. Wilbur Wood, the knuckle around the mound. Horace Clark has six stolen bases. Last year, he stole 33. Here's the stretch. Clark with the lead. The throw to first, and Clark gets back. Wilbur Wood has already picked off one man, Gene Michael. He stretches. Throw to first, Clark gets back. 
You can't take a big lead on them, but with enough of all, if you get any kind of a jump, you have a chance. The 1-0 stretch, throw to first, that's three times. Clock gets back. Roy White on deck. Bob Mercer, the batter. The game could end here on a double play or a home run. The 1-0 stretch, the pitch. Swing and a miss, and he was going for the downs, one and one. White Sox four, Yankees three, bottom of the 12th. Woods struck out, pinch hitting, the shot at the bottom of the 12th. Clark is single. One and one to Mercer, Wilbur Wood to the stretch. Throws to Mercer, swing and a pop-up, straight up. Coming in as the third baseman, Hopkins, in fair territory. Got it, two outs. And right now on Yankee Baseball, we pause for station identification. The Yankees at home and away on WGY Schenectady. All right, it's all up to Roy White, batting right-handed with two outs. White has last three times up, has two singles and a walk. Prior to that, he bounced to the box and hit the center field. The stretch. Throw to first and clock is back. Hard clock. The tying run on first with two outs in the bottom of the 12th inning. As the stretch. Throw to first and clock is back. He has yet to slide back. The stretch. The pitch. Swing and a miss, strike one, and White was trying to go to right field. No balls and one strike. Clark was cool that time. When Wood threw to the plate, Clark was going back to first. The stretch, throw to first, Clark back. He's a tough man to steal on. We can see why now with his move. There's the stretch. Here goes Clark, the pitch, swing and a miss. No throw, no throw. Clark is safe at second. And so the Yankees have the tying run on second. Two outs in the bottom of the 12. Two strikes on Roy White. Base hit can tie it up. Wilbur Wood goes to the belt. Here's the pitch. Outside, one and two. What a ball game this has been. 66,000, the largest crowd in the major leagues in five years. And the hips can tie it up in the 12th. The one-two stretch. The pitch. Outside, he didn't miss by much. It's two and two. Danny Cater on deck. Hard clock on second. Two outs. The White Sox lead four to three in the 12th. The stretch. Here's the pitch. Swing and a pop-up. Second baseman Tanoff in the outfield grass under it. He's got it, and there's the ball game. For the Yankees in the bottom half of the 12th inning, no runs, one hit, no errors, and a man left. And the final score, the White Sox four, and the Yankees three. <laughs> 